The Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay Showcase just debuted recently, and we wanted to do a breakdown and discussion about all the different things that we've seen. I've continued to say that I think Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay is going to surprise people with just how deep and RPG robust it is. I think this is going to be a bit of a sleeper hit, not just popular because it's Harry Potter, but popular because they've designed a very good game. I put all of the information right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go searching for it. These are live streams, so they are a little bit longer. Make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these videos. This is a Reforge update. The Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay Showcase was a big hit with many fans of the game. I'm going to give you a very quick breakdown. It was a little under an hour. Many people thought maybe there was a little bit too much commentary and talking and not enough gameplay. So I am going to provide you a very quick breakdown hit subscribe and the bell button that way you don't miss these quick uploads so i pulled this from wizardingworld.com there was the character creator common room exploring hogwarts side quests as well as dueling in combat with some q a at the end and still a question mark surrounding the release date for one platform so on the character creator your hogwarts legacy is what you make it and creating the perfect character is crucial to discovering who you are in the wizarding world hogwarts legacy character creator is extremely rich and detailed full of different skin colors hair types and even a voice slider in terms of your outfit you can embrace the 1800s with some robes befitting of the period we spotted some harry potter style round glasses we had our eye on and harry potter fan club members who link their accounts with the game will even be able to grab a special type of robe called the fan attic robe fanatic and uh, make your appearance extra unique so you can use the wizarding world website you can link it and do that you can also get sorted right now get your wand get your uh your patronus you can get all that figured out ahead of time before diving into the game i think character customization is going to play a huge role in the game feeling like an rpg there's a shop there's all these different things you can do with your character and how they look now i know some people are going to be a little bit irritated about some of the things that you can't get unless you play the game on playstation that is a pretty big discussion point and debate i've already kind of done some coverage on that we may debate that over on reforge gaming my live streaming channel then they talk about your common room as with any regular hogwarts experience it all starts with getting sorted in your house and then it's off to your common room james whitehead who was sampling the game for us got to embrace the wholesome hufflepuff life with a common room reminiscent of a badger set fans will be extra excited to explore hufflepuff space seeing as we never got to visit it in the books or films and it certainly doesn't disappoint full of plants light and comfortable furniture i think the common rooms are one of the great things to showcase we did an entire breakdown the one day of all of the way that the doors open the way that they look and feel hopefully these are not just window dressing i hope they're meaningful i hope when you go into them they sort of matter and have you know important aspects and it's not just sort of like a pretty place that you go and put trophies they've not given a ton of details just into how much they're going to play a role if any at all then they looked at exploring hogwarts this is probably one of the features that fans of harry potter are really looking forward to uh, always wanting to explore 
and it looks pretty good. They said that we're sure you'll recognize a few iconic pieces, such as the Grand Staircase and the Hogwarts House Hourglasses, but there's all sorts of other impressive features to observe, such as the grand-looking water fountain, where the students like to hang out, huge hanging bones in the defense against the Dark Arts classroom, and a formidable brass Hogwarts crest adorned across a wall. The luscious Scottish greenery is present all over the outskirts of the castle, and the game makers encourage you to get lost in it all there's no two hallways that should look the same at Hogwarts so this is a game that is encouraging exploration it's encouraging you to go to all the different places again this is something that I hope actually has substance and isn't just sort of a touring almost like Disney thing where you're just sort of walking around a set piece I hope the exploration in the various places on the grounds of Hogwarts and inside the buildings themselves I actually hope that has exploratory meaning and purpose we do know that the luck potion that you can only get on PlayStation will show you chest locations but we don't know the exact role of those chests yet they haven't really gone into detail they're probably static and discovery like you're checking a box i would imagine and that is one aspect that we do know will take place when you're exploring they got onto side quest characters and familiar names the presentation introduces us to characters in side quests that you can expect to embark upon for example one young student called xenobia wants us to help find her gobstones and even mentions a fellow student called Pruitt which is a last name that would bring familiar to certain fans Pruitt is Molly Weasley's maiden name could this be an ancestor so they might be sort of dropping hints that an ancestor of Molly Weasley is in the game given that her maiden name is showing up that's not the only familiar thing you're going to come across Peeves, the poltergeist, is still haunting Hogwarts, showing just how long he has been terrorizing the castle before Harry's era. So, something spanning all the way back, even as far as this game, they're trying to keep those story elements intact. Dueling in combat was showcased. This is one of the question marks for many people with respect to Hogwarts Legacy gameplay. Is the dueling in the combat going to be interesting? Is it going to be fun? Is it going to get old? Uh, And they say here that dueling will be a big part of Hogwarts Legacy and in the preview we get to see exactly how you train which includes practicing your skills on a training dummy, an adorable wizard on wheels. You can also fight classmates when you're feeling more you know, familiar with dueling or you can pick random competitors. Spell combinations are encouraged for maximum impact and shield charms will be crucial to win your battles. If you've noticed in the actual gameplay we now got a glimpse into the UI It seems as though you can have like four different things equipped at once and combining them and doing combos is going to be necessary, which sort of makes sense. If you watch, there's probably cooldowns on each of the spells and you've seen some of the gameplay up to now without the UI and it seems pretty clear they weren't just sort of spamming one spell over and over again. I think that's going to be key to the combat, feeling good and having some dynamics and diversity. Uh, finally, they did some Q&A, which covered a variety of things. Extracurricular assignments will be available all over Hogwarts, and the richness of the school will offer, will offer up all sorts of little details to look out for, so don't rush through the game. You may miss something. They did say some of the classes are basically side quests. Like, they're not going to make you go to class. It would be a bit of a boring game if it was just a student simulator. 
Uh, but they did say some of those would be uh, side quests for you to do. We learn about other fun features that will be available. You can visit the hairdressers in Hogsmeade. I believe they have said that you can change your appearance at any time, and that is one of the ways to do it. Discovering different identities to our core spells and much, much more. So the core spells that you have seemingly have more to them as you advance in the game if we weren't very excited already we can add a few extra varies now after seeing all of this now the release date for hogwarts legacy is february the 10th of 2023 for playstation xbox and pc but the nintendo switch launch date has still yet to be revealed likely this is relating to optimizing the game to run on the weaker system they are getting pretty good at getting games to run on the switch some games are running on the cloud because the switch just lacks the development strength to play some of these games, but they got The Witcher 3 to run on the Switch, so I would imagine they could get that to run. Let me know what you think about all of the things in the breakdown, all the things in the Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay Showcase, and are you concerned about that lack of that Nintendo Switch release date? As always, you can head over to Reforge Gaming, where I stream live. Hit subscribe and the bell button on this video, and I'll see you in the next one. And I'll see the rest of you right now. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Good afternoon and good evening. Always good when we get more Hogwarts Legacy stuff to look at. This game is very exciting. I know tons of Harry Potter fans are looking forward to this one. And they did finally show us some UI. Uh, I'm going to try and get some of that on the screen for us to analyze. Make sure you're going through your morning ritual of smashing the like button. We need those likes. Uh, We try to mention it briefly, but it is a consistent thing needed on YouTube. And thank you, Insomniac Black, for hitting a 15-month milestone and doing a Tier 3. I need all current members. If you haven't been here in a while, the $5 base membership will become a trial membership starting in December or January. We're not sure yet, but we want to make that... uh, I think we're going to do it in December. We want to make that an introductory membership. We need all paying members to be on a full membership. That is $6. It's $1 more, but it will give us a dividing line between gifted members and paying members. Uh, We also had a discussion yesterday with members, if you didn't catch that, just about what we could do to help membership. Uh, We have seen a huge drop in membership count, which is obviously on us to figure out what we need to do to offer uh, to people on YouTube. What kind of content, what kind of structure should we go with? Um, It's very tempting to just start running members-only chat, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, We do lots of streams every day, and we want to know what exactly would get folks to say, hey, I listen and lurk a lot. I'm going to start supporting uh, the channel in in a more direct way. We know not everybody can. That's why Gifteds are here. So we appreciate all of the generous people who've continued to gift members. Good morning, Siege Master. Good to see you, Bellix. Feed says, good morning, sir. Have an awesome day. Good to see you in the chat feed. Daily Grind, welcome back in. Thank you so much. Again, make sure you're not at a base membership. You need to use exclamation point upgrade in the chat if you want to get off of the base membership. Thanks for upgrading. Looking forward to seeing you all in the member stream. Thank you, Tgrim. Yo, what's good, Hex? How are you? I actually think this right here is one of the earlier indications that Hogwarts Legacy gameplay is going to be a pretty robust RPG. Anytime you see a company put this much work into the character customization, looks like we have 15 different face shapes uh, to choose from, and then uh, a bunch of hairstyles uh, to choose from. Obviously, he can go luxurious and luscious here if he would like, or he could go with 
something that would feel a little bit more modern like cornrows uh that's obviously they have hairstyles that would make you feel like maybe you're from the era or from actually modern day uh if you do so choose but this level of customization i think is something that everybody always enjoys especially when there's a variety of hairstyles and even hair textures i think is good to see those differences because not everybody has you know spiky hair or long hair it's you, you you know i'm always anxious to see if there are beards now obviously i don't think in this game there will be beards because you are so young but typically in a character creator you know the hogwarts legacy character creator i think they did a great job with the dreadlocks texture that is actually one of the probably more challenging uh hair types to get right and uh, i'm not an expert obviously but from based on pictures and people I've seen in real life, I think they've done a very, very good job with the hair in this game. Hair is a challenge usually in video games to get right, to make it look flowing, to make it look real, and uh, to get the texture right. And I feel like they've done a really good job here uh, with doing that. You can really make the your your wizard look like you. Obviously, I will have to make myself, you know, beardless. A hardcore Harry Potter fan, this is going to be heaven. Likely 100%ing will require playthroughs for all houses. Maybe uh, a drag for trophy hunters, but great for replay value. Yeah, they did say, I believe there was an interview where they talked about that. Like as far as Hogwarts Legacy gameplay replayability, the idea of, yes, playing multiple houses seems to be a very consistent theme uh, in the community and people are going to want to do it. They even did a good job with the scars. They don't look like comic book-esque. They look like, I mean, it looks like somebody really took a slice at him there. That's a really, really good work. Hats off to them uh, for making black models seem human, something games struggle with. Yeah, sometimes getting uh, black hair, because we do know that everybody's hair is different, right? I mean, I, I have I have Korean friends, and they just have that beautiful jet black hair, you know, and it just has a very unique texture. And the same could be said for, you know, the hair that you might find on folks either from Africa or African Americans who have that heritage like their hair texture is just different and it's always good to see it done right and not cliche you know usually in video games it's like spiky hair messy hair long hair afro and like that's all you can pick do you know what I'm saying so it's good to see that they took the time to get not just hair uh, hair styles in there but hair texture is uh, is good to see because you especially in a game like this man you know what you want your character to look like you that's kind of part of the experience one of the devs sort of confirmed multiple outcomes too so there's going to be multiple outcomes like multiple endings really that's interesting these black folks uh, character models and hairstyles look dope it's great diversity yeah it's not even about like oh we like you don't need to we don't need to go down that road of like we need more diversity but it's like if you're gonna make a game where people can make themselves in the game you should have a pretty broad spectrum of hairstyle hair texture skin tone you know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, I am always looking for beards, and this is one of the times where I'm going to be okay with there not being beards. Uh, they talk quite a bit in this. Here we go. So this is uh, this is one of the times where... Hang on. I'm going to try and do something here. I'm going to try and do a, uh, a bit of a crop job here to get the whole... I want the whole game... I actually had it done pretty well a second ago. Let's get the whole game in there. 
Uh, so that way we can have uh, the gameplay whenever they do this. I can just swap my... Uh, I can swap my my input. I'm going to go over here because I don't really necessarily think you need to see the map, right? But you can see down there in the corner uh, we have the, 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 the four spell types and we'll be able to see those in action in a little bit. But I do like the fact that we're finally getting a glimpse into what exactly uh, they're going to be doing with the spell types. They aren't 12 though. Yeah, I know they're not 12 but I mean an actual full you know manly beard I don't know if you're going to have that in a game like this yeah I mean I know 16 and 17 year old boys that can grow beards but I mean not quite to the degree that I can does that make sense like you'll have that rare instance where some kid just like I guess drinks testosterone for breakfast you're like what in the frick happened but for the average 16 to 17 year old boy, a full beard is unusual, right? Our character's 15. Yeah, you know, a 15 year old, I, I, I'm okay with there not being beards in this. I always want a beard in a game like this, but I'm okay with not getting one. You know, when I'm playing an RPG and I'm some Viking or I'm some warrior and you have like one beard type, I get pretty annoying, right? Just playing COD should get you a full beard. Yeah, yeah, all that testosterone. (laughs) Now, this is one of the concerns that I have, though. There is great care. You can tell they put a lot of work into this. The paintings are animated and moving. But is all this just window dressing that you're going to ignore after your first day of playing? Does this room have meaning? Can I do things to it? I'm assuming you can customize it to a certain degree and and move things around. But there, you know, you're sharing the room with other people, other students. So just what level of customization can you have? Are you literally just going to visit this room uh, and you know and and not be able to do that much? Right? I, I don't know how much they're going to let you do with these rooms. Are you gonna or or are you going to just come here and like turn in missions and then leave? I think that's okay. I just kind of want it to have purpose. You know what I'm saying? I want the common rooms to have purpose. I want kind of where I live to have purpose. What am I doing? Why am I going there? You know, am I adding to the room, decorating the room, you know, NPCs? I do love, I'm not, I don't think I'll do Hufflepuff because I'm Slytherin, but I think that the badger on the, on the cloak is very, very dope. It makes me kind of want to do Hufflepuff. And then again, you can see some things that you can interact with on the walls that they're not interacting with. They're just sort of walking through the common room. Um, and I, I think it looks exactly how it should look, right? Yeah, get those badger emotes in chat. Uh, people who can't grow proper beards, are they seething in the chat? I mean, I'm not making fun of anybody. Some people's beards just won't connect. I look at old pictures of myself when my goatee wasn't connected with my mustache, and it's like, those are hard times, man. You, those, are, those are tough days. You have no control over it. If you guys are just tuning in, we're taking a look at the Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay Showcase. Uh, Make sure as you guys come in to start your day, you're smashing that like button. Everybody who has already smashed like, thank you for doing that. There are people that just come in and are so faithful doing that, and we appreciate that. It does help us out quite a bit. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, hit subscribe. We appreciate that as well. Not being uh, just a room because it's your room. Right, like, is all this stuff going to be superfluous after your first play session? Are you just going to ignore it? Are you just going to sort of like... 
be be out and doing other things i would like a really really strong reason to be coming down here because you'll notice the way that you enter the common rooms is so stinking dope like he just walked out of a barrel in in other footage that we've looked at you actually walk back and the thing like slowly animates i love the ui by the way i think the artistry with their ui is uh is is quite good i think they've done a, a very a very good job with it Oh yeah, look at that. I love that. Comparing this just for a second, I've gonna I'm gonna freeze frame it. I'm just gonna freeze frame it on a better freeze frame. Comparing this to some of the stuff that we've seen in Forspoken, look at just how tasteful this UI is. So up here we're seeing 80 XP, we're seeing the little meter feel, you know, fill, you know, meter feel, meter fill. Uh, self-explanatory, you know, he's earning XP. Probably for himself as and you know someone who's a Hufflepuff. You can see the logo, and then up here, challenge unlocked. Collect field guide pages in Hogwarts. So there you go. I just I think this is very tasteful UI. It's very clean. I don't think people who do UI get enough credit. Uh, when you're in a game and the UI is bad, it's extremely disruptive and annoying. We've talked recently about the UI in Modern Warfare 2, and then the UI in Forspoken. And then when I see UI like this, that's actually good. Uh, let me make myself a little bit bigger. I'm feeling a little self-conscious down here in the corner, like super, super teeny. When I see UI that, like this, it's good. I want to praise it. I really, really do. I think the art style and the choice of size and placement is very, very good. 100% agree. Agreed. UI does a lot. Yeah, and good UI tends to get ignored, right? It tends to get ignored. Like, if somebody does a good job with UI, you tend to not pay attention to it, right? And they don't get enough credit. We only really pay attention to UI when it's bad because, it, you know, it interferes with the with the experience and it's irritating. So I, I appreciate the work that's gone into this game with the UI. I do. And I even, even down in the corner, you'll notice those four squares. You see down in the right-hand corner, there's blue, yellow, red, and, and purple. I want you to watch them. They're slightly animated. They're just slightly animated, slightly like almost like a smoky, wispy thing happening behind them. That's just a nice touch. That's a really nice touch. Seemingly, you're going to hold R2. That's your right trigger. You're going to hold R2, and then you'll be able to use those four. Probably that's going to be your square, triangle, circle X, or uh, ABXY. And then here's your level. Uh, here's our level, and we've, we can see here a glimpse into the menu. We've got our gear. We've got the gear menu we can go into. Uh, and you can see that our level has gone up a little bit from finding that thing. So when that popped up in the corner, that's what that was indicative of. And then challenges down here. They've not accomplished anything there. That's fine. It's early in the game. We have a map. We have quests. Owl post. Uh, I guess that's going to be maybe where you get you know mail or something. Maybe they talk about that. Settings collections talents is currently locked progress through the main story to unlock so we currently don't have talents and then we have inventory again i just want to take the time to praise the ui i think this is very well done you can tell it's artistically driven but it's also very sensible it's very well organized i love a good ui i really do after playing modern warfare 2 and looking at the forespoken stuff i think i'm going to consistently point out really good ui is there a skill tree? 
I'm assuming that's what's in talents. Um, I'm just, I, we, we, you know, I don't know if they get into that into the, into the, in the gameplay. We'll, we'll obviously watch and see. They talk a lot, so I'm just sort of talking over it. If anybody watched this and I missed details, be sure to let me know. I didn't want to do a watch-along this morning. I wanted to just kind of pick it apart ourselves. I'm sure they offer great... I love that Gryffindor hoodie. I'm sure they offer great great input so here they're looking at the challenge menu you've got overall progress there's combat quests exploration field guide pages and room of requirement challenges uh so that's all uh available to you we'll see if they get into any of the look i love the little just the little touches just that little animation with that quill um i just love it i think they did a great job with the art style in this game art department and art direction deserving of praise uh, always good when those little touches are, you know, just so charming. Uh, and, okay, that's all they're going to show us for now. Okay, we might see something else. Even that UI at the top, I don't know about you, I love when quests uh, pop up in a cool way. We're experiencing that in God of War Ragnarok and when you complete them. Good lighting here. Obviously, we're not seeing, like, next-gen lighting. If you look at the shadows and sort of just the lighting's a little... <clears throat> a little more generic, but I think that's okay. I don't think that's the focal point of the game. I don't think we need like high definition ray tracing, you know, and all that. I actually think I want ray tracing to show up less often in games. It's just such an optimization killer. I would love to see more and more games sort of abandon it and not do much with it. Uh, I, I think that would be uh, that would be helpful. It'd be helpful for games performance in general. Could we get 10 more likes on the video? Thanks for being here this morning. If you've never been here before, the name of the channel is Reforge Gaming, and we do game breakdowns like this, gaming news coverage. I am a safe-for-work broadcaster. I will be playing this game when it comes out. So it looks like we've got the four houses represented here. Uh, and I, is this... Well, there's like... They're like... They're hourglasses. So... Maybe they they probably explain that in the video. We're going to get more ray tracing. I know, Weezy. I know. And I just don't... I don't like it. Is that where they tally the house points? Like, you know, 10 points for Gryffindor and all that? That's how. That's where they do it? Those are the house points? That's so cool. I like that they... Is that the way they do it in the books? Or did they artistically come up with that on their own? I need the, the Harry Potter nerds to help me out. The book that serves as your menu and that you pick up pages for is on loan for you uh, from the Ministry of Magic to help you catch up with everyone else since you're a late fifth year. I remember someone asking that about in a previous stream. That's the way it's done in the books. Thank you, Talica. Harry Potter nerds are the best. I say that with love in my heart. I, I like of all the of all the fandom nerds out there. I think I love you guys the most. I, I at least I feel like you're the the chillest of the of the of the fandoms. Maybe not. Maybe I've not looked deep enough. I'm very excited for this one. If you notice, they have characteristics of the houses and especially the dorms. Yeah, the art style of the hourglasses was awesome. Now, I just want to point something out here. Let's go back just a touch. Let's go back just a touch. I think transitioning from inside to outside is a really important thing in games, and I think they do a great job here. That transition was wonderful. Now, I don't know if that's how it's going to run in-game. This could be a vertical slice, and they just totally ignored a load screen there, but I didn't see a load screen, and he's just outside now. Scope and size of the area looks great. Color spectrum, very well done. I like when it seems like the greens 
they pop against the backdrop but they're not like overdone and then the moss there on the ground is even a different shade so range of color here is very very good I think if you're seeing any jitters or hitches just ignore that that's just YouTube um, does it look 30 FPS to you um it I, it does at times I, I don't know if they've if they've outlined performance of the game yet I feel like we just saw performance listed somewhere for a game it wasn't this game though and we're seeing a chest on the on the you can't see it behind me there was a little there's a chest icon on the radar see it there on the bridge and that is something that I believe the luck potion helps with he may have that on or maybe that's just one of the freebies or something maybe they just put it there for you to search for it they confirmed performance mode in a PS blog post a while back um yeah 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 that's right they did a performance mode uh, blog post did they not and then they talked about it I've, I've not there's no loading screens think about that for just a, oh unless they just hid one no they didn't hide one I don't think he walks in and he's inside they're not using that cut to that guy to hide a loading screen he, he just walks inside and he's he's here I think that's really cool I like the way that they did that the lack of load screens I think is going to be if that's actually how the game plays I, th- I think that's going to be a huge win uh, for the experience wow like I think this game's going to win for art direction I, I don't know if a game's going to be able to compete with this the level of work that went into this game this game will win art direction for next year I don't see how it do- I don't see how anything can compete with this just so much care and time has gone into these buildings and just the way they feel it's so well done it's just gorgeous coming out February 10th uh, I think you can play it on the 10th if you pre-order it's like the 13th I believe is the release date uh, no February 10th yeah February 10th sorry I believe you can play early if you pre-order so here it looks like we have a pretty clear UI indicator that we have uh, Nelly is going to give us a quest I would assume um they did a really, really good job with the character design in this. It's obviously not not blowing me away, like the way their faces are animated, but for an RPG where you do the traditional stand and talk interchange, I think they've done a very, very good job. I do. Now, I, I think again here, hairstyles, I think they've done a good job capturing that that really nice jet black hair. If you contrast her hair to his, you get a, I think you really get a glimpse into just how personal you could make your characters. I like that. I think it's a nice that's a nice touch. And then if you just look at the textures on her clothing, the differences from the robe to the shirt to the ribbon, I think they've done just a very good job with those things. This game is not like next gen blowing me away, but it's just very very nice. Like they've done nice things. Yo, cat gifting five memberships thank you so much for doing that the turk vigil bellix dream ach and siege master you guys all just got gifted a membership in dj gaming legacy you guys can upgrade that membership to a full membership for one dollar and be a part of everything that we're doing starting in december there is going to be a difference between gifted members and full members just so that we kind of incentivize we really want to motivate people to be like hey man we do lots of live streaming and you do not get a bunch of advertisements when you're here one of the reasons is because we live off of members it's just a very different reality we're being very transparent about that Uh, memberships continuing to need to see those go up Um, 
and there's a lot of things we can do with uploads that we're not doing because we're spending six six hours a day live with y'all so if you can do a membership and you like these live streams every day try to jump in creatures always said it don't be surprised if something starts to decrease in how often it shows up if it's not supported and i think that's a good word face movement's one thing i don't like so much yeah, I don't. Again, I think in a game like this where they have to automate a lot, so there's so many characters and there's so many interactions like this, there's going to be a lot of automation. I think when you go to that level of automation, it's okay if facial animation doesn't look like God of War Ragnarok. Does that make sense? I'm not going to hold them for like, oh, she's got the classic RPG dead eyed stare. I, I, that's okay. I think in a genre where you know that they're using a lot of automation, I think that's okay. I know they look a little animatronic like the, you know, the wax moving dolls at Disney. I think that's okay in this genre for now. I don't think we can expect automation to look much better than this. Thank you again, Cat. Thank you again, Cat, for gifting members. That got Vigil to a three-month membership. And that right there is one of the reasons we kind of want to have... Uh, the dividing line. Thank you, Turk, for upgrading to a full membership. A full membership. That's exactly what we want to see happen. We want to see gifted members jump in and and upgrade. And that is that is a uh, that's a huge help. Thank you for automation. It's not bad. The head movement's pretty good. I th- yeah, I think it's fine. Wait, how to upgrade? Exclamation point! Upgrade in the chat and click on the link. If you're on mobile, you have to click on your profile image in the upper right hand corner and you go to purchases and memberships. Yo, what's good, Big O? Love the show, thank you. Thank you very much. We are going to be a little bit more forceful in our in our asks, like right. We're just we're going to ask people to consider doing memberships, um, because we could really start to structure things differently uh, if we if we feel we need to. Um, we're giving away two live streams a day, Monday through Friday. We're not charging anything for the content, and. Uh, we're examining that structure. We are. We are examining that that content structure right now, and uh, we'd love to just tune up, tune up, go live, and not have to worry about any of these things. But these are just the realities of committing six hours of live time a day, and we're just going to start being a little bit more transparent about it with y'all. I think Forbidden West was the only RPG able to pull off great facial animation for every interaction. Yes, I do think that Horizon Forbidden West 100% did one of the best, if not currently the best job of that feeling of automation. Love the Christmas shirt before Thanksgiving. Love the energy. Well, let me just, here, let me pause this for just a second. The reason I'm wearing Christmas shirts right now is that if you want to order Christmas t-shirts in time for the holidays, Go over to 80stees.com and use my code. Use code LONO. You can type exclamation point shirt in the chat. If you're watching the VOD later, you can click the link below. Use code LONO over there for 30% off. Their Christmas collection is mega dope. And if you want to have shirts in time for the holidays, you got to do it now. I typically don't do Christmas stuff early, but if I don't do the shirts now, you're not... If I started wearing them in December, it would be be too late. You'd order them and have them like a week or two later. So if you want to have some great Christmas shirts to start wearing after Thanksgiving, get those orders in now. Okay, that's friggin' awesome. That's great. I love the the dragon. I'm sure someone will tell me what it actually is. It might not be a quote-unquote dragon. Or maybe it is. Um... 
I'm on mobile. Do you have to deactivate the current membership to upgrade? No, you should be able to minimize my stream and click on your profile image in the upper right corner and go to purchases and memberships. And then you should be able to go to yours and go to like see perks or something. And you change tier level or change level, something like that. Sweater from yesterday was great. Yeah, I wore like a Super Mario Brothers ugly Christmas sweater yesterday. I love that pop-up at the top. I do. I love a good UI. It's a little quick. It's a little quick. It's not up there for very long, right? Defense against the Dark Arts classroom, Blue Flames location. Yeah, it's a little quick. A little little quick. I like to read that, right? I like to look up and be like, okay, what am I working on? Here, I think we get a, a really good sample. Let me try to go back so it's not blurry. Here, I think we get a really good sample of the lighting. There actually is really good lighting in this. Again, I don't think this is like a next-gen ray tracing game. But if you look at the light hitting right above my like little camera window here, you can see just how bright it is. That's very good. Like That's real, right? That's kind of what light sunlight does. But then you look at the light and the reflection on the floor in front of him. This is really, really well done. Hope the paintings move. Oh, they 100% move. They 100% move. Watch very carefully. These ones might not be moving. Yeah, those ones aren't moving. Maybe they only move when you look at them, but I've, like, I've noticed as he's walking through, there are, there are tons of times uh, where the paintings move. Yeah. So, they are, they are animated. And again, we don't know specifically, like, are these interactions in these areas going to be super meaningful? Or is this just literally you touring the house and there's not a lot of purpose behind it? So maybe he'll go up to some of these paintings because they've definitely looked at a lot of the paintings and they have been animated. There's loads of moving paintings, but I don't think all of them do. Yeah, it seemed like there were some that were static and not and not uh, and not moving. Coffee, yeah, and guys, don't forget another great way to support what we do here. We appreciate everybody who supports Refo- Reforge Roast Coffee here at Reforge Gaming. We do have our own coffee. It is not a sponsor. Uh, it's not a sponsor. It's ours. We ship it to you. You're supporting like my wife and kiddos ship it to you. It's like a small business. Now there again, no loading screen. Oh, I don't know. Are they playing some kind of trickery? No, they just changed the scene. They just changed the scene in the broadcast. I, the Frickmas blend? We are waiting to let you place orders until we get the the shipment notification from the roasters. So, it's being it's being bagged and boxed like right now. And as soon as they say, "Hey, it's shipped," we're going to be like, "Okay, you guys can start placing orders." So we, we are not allowing Frickmas orders just yet. Uh, I don't like taking orders for something too far, uh, too far in advance. Again, I just think art direction for this game, I think it's going to be very, very hard uh, for any game to win art direction next year at the Game Awards. Um, I'll be honest, if this game came out this year, it would probably win for art direction. I believe it would beat Forbidden West and it would beat Ragnarok because of the level of work that they've had to do making all these areas feel unique and ornate there's just so much handcrafted love you can feel how much they put into this you can sense it just even these maps on the walls and the furniture 
They've done a very, very good job with this game. It's going... Again, I always want there to be purpose behind design, but I think there's going to be a lot of artistic purpose in this game, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I am curious just how much these areas and these places is it going to matter right is it is it do you need do you need to come to these places more than once or is it just like you walk through one time and then you kind of get excited and then that's kind of the end of it right because it does look like an amazing game to literally do like a walking tour i could see like a harry potter lore channel literally just creating evergreen super great content by walking around and talking about stuff obviously I can't do that because I don't know nearly enough but a super super well read very very informed you know Harry Potter nerd could could really do fun stuff with this with this game just the amount of places you can go and look at right when you see the Hogwarts Legacy icon in the center of the bottom of the screen, that's loading. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, they're just he's just walking from place to place. I've not seen that pop up that much. Giant armor set there behind uh, Mr. Lucan here. Going to get another good sample of, uh, of hairstyles with the, the ability to really personalize your characters here. Um, no. Like Assassin's Creed has tour guide mode. They could do the same thing. Oh, for sure. Are you sure that's not autosave? Yeah, that Talica, that might be autosave. Now that was a loading screen, right? He's like, yeah, you want to do this thing? And you're like, sure. And then it's black for a couple of seconds and then you're suddenly here. That's like the first loading screen I think I've seen, which seems like they kind of had to, right? It's like they had to they had to, you know, drop the dummy in the room and give you and give you this quote unquote, I guess we could call it instance. Um That stupid God of War clip. Oh my gosh. It just won't quit over there. I love the other trailer showcase that showed each individual dorms. Love the seamless gameplay. Cast Achio or Accio, followed by four consecutive basic attacks. So what they want him to do, you can see it at the top here. Okay, I'm going to freeze frame it. So they want him to do, I believe it might be pronounced Accio or, or Axio. And so this one up here, and it's purple down here, you can see in the right-hand corner. And then... They want four basic attacks. Now, as far as I can tell, it looks like four basic attacks is this blue one. So let's see if I'm correct. I want to do that. His UI disappears when he does it. Accio, like hard, like hard Ks. I don't know if, is there such a thing? There, you just saw it. You just saw it. So right there, you can see they're playing on a PlayStation. Uh, So triangle, circle, X, and square. Those pop up. You can have up to 16 spells equipped at once, says Barrier. Gee, many Christmas. Oh, probably for each bumper, right? Left trigger, right trigger, left bumper, right bumper. Four for each one, maybe? Okay, so let's see what he does here. 
Okay, I'm assuming they're talking right now. I'm assuming. PlayStation, I'm out. In terms of Accio, it depends on who you ask. Okay. I remember talking to somebody who call, who did not know how to pronounce Hermione's name, and she called her Hermione in her head, and then she saw the movies, and she was like, oh, I thought it was Hermione. Like, oh, it's Hermione. Hold R2 and cycle four sets. Oh, you cycle the sets with the D-pad. Okay, I want to watch that again. Okay. So he does that, and you can see the purple is now on a cooldown. So people were sort of asking, what do you think? How's it going to work? What's the, How are the spells going to work, right? So clearly you can see he uses purple. Pretty quick cooldown, honestly. So I, I want to go to the final frame when he's done with the combo. So as he's casting the final piece of the combo, he's about halfway on getting Accio back. Right? So I it looks like the cooldowns on on the spells at least initially this is early game right they're not going to make you wait like an ex, you know an ex, exponential amount of time. Now I'm assuming the stronger the spells the longer you're going to have to wait. You can reduce cooldown with skills and tasks, right? So you can even make it go quicker. Now, is he doing this blue one? Am I correct? Is that what these four sparks are? This blue one looks like that color and it's not going on a cooldown. So he did his four basic consecutive attacks after Accio. Oh, so now they want him to do uh, uh, Levioso. So they want him to do Levioso followed by four basic attacks. The blue one is Lumos, not basic attack. Okay, so he's not using Lumos. He's just doing, he's just mashing a button. So he's casting a spell and then he's just mashing a button after. The basic attack is separate from the spell bar. Okay, thank you. Okay. I appreciate you guys being here because I didn't have time to watch this. I, 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 had to, I had to go look at breakdowns. It's like I've been so busy um, preparing for us to be out of town. I'm having to like record stuff. So while I'm gone, I've got stuff for you guys to enjoy. Uh, okay, let's see. Oh, basic shot is just R2. Okay. Well, he's holding down R2. So no, he, he's got to be smashing something else. Levio- Oh. Leviosa. There's even a gif of Hermione correcting the pronunciation. Leviosa. Not Leviosa. It's Leviosa. Not Leviosa. (laughs) There's literally a gif. Oh, isn't she cute? Oh my gosh. She was the cutest thing. I mean, she obviously still is. She's beautiful now. I mean, but she was such a cute little kid. It was funny. A worse expelled. Okay, I want to watch that one. Okay, so it le- okay, so obviously Levioso, le- le- Levi Levioso. <laughs> anyway, so it levitates them up. I'm gonna call that lifty lift. So they do the lifty lift, and then he then he whoops them. It's Levi. It's Levi. It's Levioso. It's Levioso. So now they're going to do a little bit different one. So they're going to do a spell combination. So complete spell combinations without allowing the dummy to hit the ground. Right? So they want to they want him to do Leviosa and then hit 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 and then the last one. Okay. Hit 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 and then another one. Oh, he messed up. 
They might show it later. Okay. Is there Stupefy? I'm not sure. I'm assuming you, you get Stupefy. Hey, if you guys have just tuned in, I'm going to freeze it right there. If you guys have just tuned in and you're enjoying the content, do me a favor and hit the like button. If you have already hit the like button, thank you so much for doing that. Those faithful like pushes every day, super, super helpful. If you've never been here before, hit subscribe so you can talk in my chat. Uh, we may start doing members-only chats just to see what the response is periodically. No, if people want to be like, hey, I want to talk, and uh, we might do that. So, But right now, you just need to be a subscriber to talk in chat. Okay, so he's going to lift him, hit, hit, hit. Then he does that, and then he does hit, hit, hit. Okay. I want to watch the cooldown on Levi, Levio, Levioso. Okay. Levioso... He uses purple. By the time he gets to purple, yellow is half, and then yellow is full by the end of the combo. Okay. Leviosa. But it's it's spelled on the screen with an O. It's Leviosa. It's spelled on the screen with an O. So is the O pronounced like an A? Levioso. Leviosa. Look how they spelled it. Is that how it's spelled in the books? You see? Right behind me. Cast Levioso. Levioso for dudes? There's different versions of the spell. Oh. Well, I mean, they have it spelled with an O there. I'm just reading what's on the dadgum screen. Oh, the quote from the movie. It's Leviosa. You guys are all doing the movie meme. Got it. Like Hermione yelling or scolding or whatever the frick it was. Spell with an A. She pronounces it with an A in the gif that they were putting in Discord. So, there you go. There you go. And so here he's going to pull it off. Here he's going to pull off the uh, the combo. It's never pronounced with an O, always with an A. With an A in the books for sure. Huh. I mean, are there different versions of the spell, though, with an O? I mean, I don't know. I am not I am not uh, a, a Wizarding World guy. It's a typo on their end. So you think it's spelled wrong in this footage in the game? I think Levioso just suspends people in midair. Could be another spell. Request complete. Spell combination practice. 180 XP. See the little XP meter up in the corner. Okay. He's moving along here. He's moving along through the what seems like pretty early stages of the game. Ready for another round? Oh, he's like, yeah, let me let me go again. Spells can have modifiers like Wings Riding or Maximos for Lumos. Google's like, did you mean Leviosa? (laughs) Not spelled wrong. Levioso is the stronger version of Leviosa. There you go. Color of the enemy shield is the color of the spell you need to use to break the spell. Oh, really? So they're going to have... Oh, so now he's going to practice against some students. Okay, this is a depth round. Round one, fight! Break through violet shields with four spells like the summoning charm, Accio. Okay. Okay, so when they have shields like this, 
you have to you have to do that to break it. Got it. And then he's just gonna juggle. Wait, wait, wait. How did he stop that other guy? Oh, he did he do a deflection? Yeah, that was really cool. Okay, so he's beaten up on Hector, and then this guy on the left does something and he smacks it back. He basically parries. So there's a there seems like there's a, a parrying system with Protego. Nice. Okay, pulls that, juggling that. The other people are kind of suspended. Okay, he gets suspended here. He has to break out with circle. A $5 tip from TJ Rage. What kind of DLC could you see this game having? Could you see the storefront cosmetics being successful, especially since it's a third person? I could see cosmetics being huge, but I thought they said there's no microtransactions in this at all. The DLC would have to be you take everything you've learned, you go somewhere else. It could be another year. I kind of thought they would do a trilogy of games, like Hogwarts Legacy 2 would be you going to your next year of schooling, right? They could do a Quidditch DLC for sure. Yeah, I think people would really, really like that. I think they would. Thank you guys for hitting that like button. A bunch of you just did. Make sure you guys are smashing the like button if you haven't already. We do kind of have to remind folks on that. And thank you to everybody who has already pressed it. We appreciate you very, very much. That was the talk. More years. The DLC of just doing more, more years. Okay. Okay. Ben says, it looks like that orange ring appears on your head similar to Arkham Combat to tell you to parry. Rewind a bit. Wait, so he got a parry warning? Oh, is that what that thing is around his head right now? Okay, is that, so is he getting, yep, you're right, you're right. So when that thing, well he, that, that time they missed. Yeah, right there, right there. That's a good call out. That's a good call out. So that ring appears, and as it shrinks, you know you're going to get attacked. So he got out of the way as the circle shrinks. So it appears to let you know an attack is coming. And then if you frame by frame it, you can see it slowly shrinks. And that's your time frame to get out of the way. And so once it disappears, you know attack incoming. He rolls and what three frames into the roll the attack comes it's like a spidey sense yeah so he picks that up hurls it at him oh so it looks like if you don't deflect it if you there there's a deflection timing so he deflected it, but he didn't deflect it perfectly. So instead of doing it back at him, it didn't turn into a parry. It just was like a basic deflection. Oh, and there he gets hit. So you'll notice... Oops, sorry. You'll notice down in the corner, he gets hit. He's getting combo meter. Oh, so the combo meter is feeling is filling this blue thing here. It's filling this blue meter. It's attached to this thing here. Combo 10 gets a little bit more. And then he gets hit here. Bam. So there's health goes down. And then one of his potions. He uses one of his potions right there. Okay. Quick triangle press just deflects. Holding it counterattacks. Victory. 
victory! Okay. We need we need 19 more likes to hit 300. Thank you everybody for doing it. This guy is this is getting a little weird with the animations. And that part is over. Okay. Challenge complete, and he's going to level up. Oh, I thought we were going to get to see him level up there. Do with the fade in the 1800s. Well, they have hairstyles. When you do the Hogwarts Legacy character creator, they do have uh, hairstyles to make it seem like you're from that era, and they also have more modern hairstyles. So they had like cornrows and dreadlocks and stuff. Do I get to be Slytherin? Slytherin, I want to be the bad guy. Yeah, you can be Slytherin. You can be any of the four houses. You can get sorted right now on Wizarding World's website and sync it with your account that you're going to be playing with. So, scope and size of the game looks really impressive right here. Again, this could be, you know, set-piece trickery where, you know, can you actually go to all those areas? I believe you can go to a lot of those areas. Um... Talking's great. Gameplay better. Oh, I think they're taking Q&A questions now. I think we might be at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, let's go back and take a look at the character creator again. So if you guys missed it, you guys missed it. So the character creator, you can see here, it looks like there's probably what is that? That's eight... I, I don't know how many times they scroll here. Let's see how many times they scroll. Okay. So that's eight. That's eight sort of prefab characters to start with. And so they, so that much equals four. So this bar equals eight. So there's roughly one, two, three, four, probably roughly 16 prefab um right no it would be 8 times or 24 probably 24 roughly Ugh. 32 right i was doing 4 times 4 no 8 times 4 32 yeah 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 i was doing 4 times 4 and only had another 8 yeah roughly 32 prefab sorry too early in the morning for math And again, these are just prefab. Like, you can go in and edit all of this if you don't like the way that they look. This is just to get you started. Yeah, next week is Thanksgiving week, English show. Yes, so those of you that enjoy my content, I will be out of town next week. Keep in mind that when I come back on the 28th, you might have to go to your subscriber feed. I might not be on your homepage. Don't rely on the YouTube homepage, okay? I won't always be there. I will not always be there. What am I sipping on today? I am sipping on 
the last bastion of last year's Frickmas roast. We had some leftover bags, and we are drinking it. And the Frickmas blend will be available for order. Our own coffee, Reforge Roast. So, if you guys are enjoying the content, hit subscribe. Say hello in chat. We love to meet new people. And we need 10 more likes. You didn't see an afro? I yeah, they have a lot of hair they have a lot of hairstyles. Here we are. Uh. Well yeah, but the, people were saying that there's different there's different there's two different versions of the spell. I think they go through the hairstyles here in a little bit multiplayer. No, there is no multiplayer. I have continued to say that it seems like there are there are missions where you go and you have like people with you so I'm not seeing an afro here either um yeah no that's more like I don't know what's the hairstyle where it's super curly and kind of frizzy I don't know what to call it but it looks like they have that hairstyle here we have a friend who she's Ethiopian and her hair is beautiful when she gets it like taken out like that and then here they have like a headband pushing the hair back so that is not an afro let me get out of the way I'm kind of in the way there you go yeah maybe perm I guess yeah um still no sign of afro they do you know they, they do have cornrows so again this looks a little out of place for Harry Potter because it's so you're supposed to be like old like old timey but if you want to make yourself look more modern, they've got like I'm seeing like pompadours, um, you know I'm seeing I'm seeing super curly, super long, super short. Those braids are clean. Yeah, they show they show dreadlocks in a second. Okay, I think I might see. Yeah, right down here. Right down here is kind of an in-between, like an afro and a, like, it's not shiny, so not like a jerry curl, but, like, right here in the middle, that's like low-level afro. There, it's not, it's not, it's not like a full-blown, like, 80s disco afro, but there is a bit of an afro right here in the middle. I don't know if they go over it, though. I think they've done a great job with the texture, though. If you look at the dreadlocks, I think, I honestly think that kind of looks like a dope wizard to be honest, but they, I think they've done a great job with hair texture instead of just giving you like a handful of generic uh, hairstyles. They have legitimate, that's like a legitimate hairstyle and that's kind of, that's what dreadlocks look like. Looks like the Matrix Twins. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, right here, it looks like there's kind of an, an afro. Um, and that's another great shot of just how they've done a good job with hair texture. Um, like if you look at the dreadlocks and then you look at that, like they've done a really, really good job. Like, I think it looks genuine. It doesn't look, uh, it doesn't look fake. And then, and here's, this is the one that they land on. And I am obviously not an expert in, in, in black hairstyles, but that looks like I've got friends again. There's, there's, there's uh twin brothers and a sister and they're from Ethiopia and the, and the boys kind of do their hair like this. And that looks like what their hair looks like to me, right? Very different textured than mine. Uh, obviously different hairstyle entirely uh, and I think I think that looks really good
Makes me happy to see the high top fade. Yeah, it looks it looks good. It looks right. I obviously would probably pick something closer to my hairstyle, like a like a spiky, messy pompadour. Um, and we were discussing earlier there are no beards as we as far as we can tell because you're probably a little bit too young. So. Thank you guys for 300 likes on the video. Thanks for a strong turnout today. Checking out the Hogwarts Legacy Gameplay Showcase. Uh, Even the scars look really good. You know, they did a good job. That's probably my favorite frame of it right here when he comes to the side. You can see they they did a really good job even making the scars look genuine and realistic. I mean, he looks kind of hard right there. Like, I don't, I don't know if I would want to fight him, right? Like, if I'm, like, some mouthy Slytherin, I feel like this guy would would really, really whoop me in a, in a duel. Got to go with a scar for the lore, right? Fades are on point. Can't wait to see if they have uh, my Huey Freeman afro, though. Yeah, they scrolled through all the hairstyles there. I didn't, I didn't really see, I didn't really see a, a, a genuine afro. It looks like a Slytherin savage with the scar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even face shape is really good. Like, I feel like they've done a really good job with nose shape, mouth shape. I'm not sure. Wait, let's go back. Um, I want to go back. I want to see something. Because, uh, let's see. Yeah, you can see even, even, even nose shape and lip shape. They've done a good job. Sometimes in video games, like, everybody has really full lips because, like, full lips are just, honestly, everybody. If you don't like big, full lips, I don't know what's the matter with you. Big, full lips are just beautiful, right? You notice this in makeup, you know, advertisements and modeling. And you can tell they've done a good job making, like, this guy here looks very different than the other characters in face shape, jawbone, nose shape maybe they are going for the full lip thing everybody's lips do feel pretty full um no those are those are fuller those are bigger i think that's important i think that makes the characters look unique i think it means when you go and interact with them and talk with them it's gonna feel like a bunch of different people yeah like if you look right there that's that's a great that's a great shot of comparison comparing this one that they settle on and her you can see just how much they're doing uh, with nose size, nose shape, lip shape. I think that's great. I think that's good work. I think it makes the characters feel real. Uh, and it makes the interactions with them feel real. You know, he's obviously, he's taller, his arms are longer, right? Like, just, I think they've done a great job. Because they were interacting with somebody at one point, and it does. It feels it feels like a good, uh, genuine interaction. You just hit randomize on your character. And you can uh, look any way you want. That scar is nasty, that one. <laughs> I don't quite think the lighting in the game hits this certain hits this way, but you can see the apex of lighting. It's it's really bright on the tip of his nose, and then it kind of washes out a bit more. So they, they it looks like they're using a really good lighting system in this game. I meant to say the Entropy Center and not Callisto Protocol. I really want to play Entropy Center. I thought it looked so good. 
I played the demo and really enjoyed it. Seems like you have the potential to make a super handsome character. Oh, for sure. Hopefully they release the character creator prior to the full game. I don't think they're going to do that. You can go to the Wizarding World website. You can get sorted. You can get your wand. You can get your Patronus. Uh, you can do all of that before playing the game and then sync it with your account. And it will... Uh, it'll it'll let you it'll let you have all that they do a bit of talking here so we you know I'm, I'm skipping over that and I've been going over here this is they start out by showing you where you're kind of sleeping and then they show the common rooms the common house the the, the houses themselves they focus too much on lighting it may go the Gotham Knights way no I doubt that yo what's good Chris this is one of those times where I do feel like early gameplay, you can you can make a pretty strong judgment call and say, you know what, this is uh, this is gonna be a good game, right? Um, uh, I've heard lots of good things. People telling me that the the soundtrack debate on the previous. Um, um, feels like an excess ability glitch, to be honest. Yeah, people are saying they're not having, uh, feel like the puzzle itself and the NPC saying stuff about the puzzle. Nah, uh, nah, they solve it for me half the time. I put out a short today about the the God of War uh, puzzles, and it finally we finally got some good treatment on a short. We had a bunch of shorts in a row that didn't perform well. Oddly enough, they were ones that I uploaded and waited a long time to make public, and I wonder if there's something internally on the back end that affects that. It's like the videos I upload that day and then bring from private to public have all performed really well on the short as a short. But then when I had old ones that I uploaded and left private for like a week and published, they all performed terribly. Everything around the game looks pretty good, but the combat hasn't sold me at all. Weird, YouTube acted like I wasn't a member for a minute. Huh. Camera gets walking in Ragnarok with some of those fights with a lot of enemies. I had no clue who was hitting me. 100% 100% back end. I had ready to go stuff for like a month and it was horrible when I made it public. Yeah, like I'm just going to start saving them on my phone and not doing that. Like it's a pain in the butt, but it's like I'll just save them on my phone then and then upload them when they're ready or when I'm ready to use them, which is hard because then I can't categorize them. Or I could upload them as drafts and be like, okay, that one's ready, and then go find it on my phone and then re-upload it. Like, I don't have a great way to organize videos on my phone. My hype died a little when I found out it wasn't going to be an MMO, but regardless, the game still looks dope. Got to see more about combat. There's a good section in here with combat you guys will see in just a moment. If you're looking for Hogwarts Legacy combat gameplay, there is some in this showcase. Uh, And I think it showcases just how you can interweave your spells and deflections and defense and healing. Like, it's a a pretty good little section. Keep it as a draft? Oh, I could keep it as a draft. You're right. How many drafts can you keep, though? 
Yeah, because if you had an Android, it'd be extremely easy. If this does good, I can see them doing an MMO in the future. I don't know if they would do a Hogwarts Legacy MMO. I feel like their plans for Hogwarts Legacy is probably a trilogy. That's like like my gut instinct on it. They're going to do like a one. This is Hogwarts 1, obviously. And then there'll be a Hogwarts Legacy 2 and 3. Because it'll just be so easy to be like, alright, time for you to go to your next year of schooling, you know, and then you advance. Like, that's it. Like, that's, that's, that's like, that's kind of a dunker of a sequel, is it not? I feel like it is. Um, personally. Harry Potter fans, I mean, think about it. You got your character, you got your wand, you got your house, you got your spells. It's time to, you know, it's time to level up. Time to fight bigger forces, harder forces. Did they confirm what year we are supposed to be as our player and character? Fifth year student, but you're like a late addition. So I guess there's elements. Talica outlined it a little bit ago. I'm here now. What's good, Derek? You apparently are given something to speed things up. Uh, let's see if I can find where Talica outlined that in the Discord. Uh, mm, let me see if I can find it right here Talica says the book that serves as your menu and what you pick up pages for is on loan to you from the Ministry of Magic to help you catch up to everyone else since you are a late fifth year I remember someone asking about that in previous Hogwarts streams so you're going to be like playing catch up basically Little needs to watch the Harry Potter series, I think. I watched them a long time ago. I don't I don't think I need to to, to watch them in relation to the the game. Um fifth year transfer student. Yeah, like you transfer in and they give you stuff to to catch up. And then they're just showing off some of the menus here, things you can do with challenges and stuff. Again, I have continued to say I feel like this game is going to be a pretty robust RPG. I mean, you've got gear, inventory, talents. We're assuming that's like your skill tree. Collections, challenges, map, quests, outpost settings. Like, it's a lot. It seems like there's a lot of game here. You know? Seems like there's a lot of game here. If you guys are just tuning in, we're taking a look at the Hogwarts Legacy gameplay showcase. We're kind of skipping over the talking and just breaking down and analyzing the gameplay. If you're enjoying your time, smash that like button. Hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. We love hearing from the Harry Potter fans every time we cover this game. A lot of you tune in. I would do it on a file explorer. So what I do is I literally re-listen to broadcasts and I try to find spots where I feel like we had like a really good, you know short like something very short very brief and then i look for highlights as well like is there a good 10 minute section of the video and i literally record the short on my phone i just screen cap it and then upload it so then it's vertical and ready to go which two more years in dlc or sequels is a good place to be in i mean i think hogwarts legacy could easily do a trilogy if you really think about it right like if you're looking at the game from that angle you come in as a late fifth year student and then year six and seven could be games two and three so hogwarts legacy two 
you would be continuing your experience and expanding upon what you're doing. I think one of the biggest challenges would be is it's a Harry Potter game where somebody said you can have up to like 16 spells. You can see down there in the corner, you can see you like toggle through those spells, right? So you have four, you hold down right trigger, and then you can use the various spells. I think the challenge would be how many spells would you be able to bring with you into the sequel and like let's say there is a Hogwarts Legacy 2 how many spells could you bring with you and would that hurt the experience you know you're maybe you're fighting something bigger and more challenging and more difficult I don't know if is there is there Harry Potter lore to substantiate that oh you're going into your next year and that's why you're learning way more things with the spells and combinations and power and then you're going to face the exact same challenge when you go into the third year. I feel like the third year you'd almost have to be like a rebel that doesn't go to class and leaves the school and goes and really starts to go out into the world and fight bigger bads, bigger challenges. Because again, I I think that's going to be one of the one of the difficulties for a Harry Potter game. I think Hogwarts Legacy is going to surprise people with its RPG depth and how much you can do. They haven't even gotten to the, the 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 questing necessarily in this video, but they've also not talked about how you can like build a house and customize it and have this sort of ongoing experience. I don't know if they're going to do DLC. I could see them doing DLC and being like, here's year six and here's year seven. But I feel like you're almost cannibalizing a potential uh, sequel format when you do that. Like, oh, wow, you know, you you could have done a whole nother whole nother game. But then what exactly is my character going to be doing? You don't want to take away that sense of achievement of, oh, I got all this stuff. I've expanded my character. I've grown. And then do you reset the character? Do you, do you take their spells away? Do you expand on the entire spell system? If you look at the menu system in, in Hogwarts Legacy, you can clearly see that they put a lot of time into this game. And I think that's always one of the challenges of action-adventure games is any one of the ones that you've played recently, all that work they put into your skill tree and your character and the story, all those things are potentially in the way of doing a, a, a continuation how are you going to make the character feel like well I'm starting over but I'm kind of not I mean I'm kind of interested in how they're going to do that in Star Wars right because in, in Jedi Fallen Order you, you're you reconnecting with the force are you just going to continue reconnecting with the force and in Hogwarts Legacy if they decide to do a Hogwarts Legacy 2 they could easily say alright I've got an idea your spells expand or well now that you're uh, a six year student you're going to have to really learn different spells or stop using those basic spells they could deepen the combat and really expand upon it then when you know if you're going to do that for year six I don't know what you would do for year seven again maybe you become uh Maybe they just do DLC and then you become a teacher. So then you have tons of new spells, tons of new powers, and you're actually having to leave the the school grounds to go and fight stuff. And you're having to... to, to I thought she was actually smoking there. I was like, what is happening? But it's that guy in the background. He's having some trouble. Uh, I think these, these sections are great too. It's just showing you sort of the classic RPG stand and talk uh, elements where you're making decisions, you're picking up quests, you're doing different things. And... That's one of the reasons I'm like, you could do it either way. You could do Hogwarts Legacy DLC, or you could do a Hogwarts Legacy sequel. I I honestly feel like you could do it either way. 
given the size and scope of the game and how much work they've put into it especially when you consider just how many characters there are there's so many quest lines they could take you down uh, with your house you could you could have things that you're doing specific to your house you could interact with the other houses and there's a lot of replay value here as well right you could replay the game as a Slytherin, you could replay the game as a Hufflepuff, you know, maybe some, maybe a house that you've just never really feel, you know, felt drawn to. And one of the things I think you might hear from people whenever they're watching this gameplay is they're going to say, well, some of it seems a little automated, you know, their faces seem to have that classic RPG dead-eyed stare. And I think that's okay. I think when you're playing games like this, you have to be okay with like a certain level of automation. Had to be okay with like a certain level of hey, everything's gonna kind of feel a certain way, everything's gonna kind of feel like they're sort of uh, an animatronic at like Disney. But I don't necessarily think that that's bad, right? That allows them to do a lot. That's one of the reasons I think you could have a Hogwarts Legacy sequel or DLC because when you do a lot of that automation and you have a lot of the characters sort of, you know, you create and handcraft the character because I think they've handcrafted her, right? She's got freckles. She's sort of, she's, you know, looks very youthful and young compared to him. He looks a little bit older. And so then, you know, but her facial movements and the way that she's dialoguing with him, it feels a little automated. And I think that's okay. We, we do, I think we said rightly that Horizon Forbidden West is probably one of the best, if not currently the best game that does the classic RPG. You're so many people to talk to, and then a lot of it is then automated. Like they're not handcrafting each individual facial animation uh, for these interactions. I think that would be ridiculous. The number of voice lines recorded for games like this, you're just you're not gonna see that. And I think that's acceptable. I don't think when you play a game like this, you can expect every one of these interactions to have the sense and the feeling and the gravity of a cinematic cutscene like you get in a game like God of War. I I, I think this is fine. That is one thing I think, you know, people are being unfair uh, with Starfield about. Is that automation? And I I don't think people are going to necessarily do the same thing with Hogwarts, but I think people could. You'll also notice sort of the lighting and the things around them. I don't feel like the game necessarily looks next gen, but I think it looks good, which hopefully that's not the focal point. I don't want people constantly focusing on lighting and graphics. I think that is okay to focus on when a game is putting itself out there as like a $70 next-gen only title. But Hogwarts Legacy is not really marketing itself in that way. And that is one of the reasons I think they could have plans for ongoing content. I don't know if it's going to be like a live service game. Are they going to suddenly let you play with your friends? Like you can invite them to your game and show off your stuff. There's been no indication about multiplayer, but Hogwarts Legacy DLC could add something like that. I feel like a lot of the quests that you go on, it seems like there's there's like a companion with you. So maybe they could do something with that. Like, hey, we're going to do this Hogwarts Legacy update where you can bring a companion with you. Like a live player can play alongside of you. They could just do co-op content. They could do, obviously they could do Quidditch because, you know, Quidditch is not in the game. That was one of the things that people were a little surprised didn't make the cut. I personally think that's okay. They could add it later, similar to how like Ghost of Tsushima added Legends later. They could do something similar with Hogwarts Legacy. But overall, from from the scope and the look of the game, I feel like they've built a very long and very replayable RPG. Some questions remain about, are these areas in the house meaningful or are they just very pretty window dressing? 
I think lots of pretty window dressing is needed for a Hogwarts game, a game where you're constantly sort of thrust into the world and the school of being a student. You have to have that, right? I think you you want to see that in the games. So I don't necessarily think all of these rooms need to have function and purpose, but I also think these rooms and the size of the school gives a ton of of it gives a ton of room for DLC or a sequel. Because if you're you know you're a year five student, I feel like they've given themselves that flexibility in that room to do year six and to do year seven. And there's so much artistry and handcraftedness put into the rooms and these areas. I think it's okay if initially a lot of it is window dressing, if a lot of it is just sort of that's there to look pretty, that's there to add to the immersive storytelling aspects. I think all of that's fine. I would be okay with both DLC or a sequel because I think a DLC could really add to the school. Maybe a new teacher comes in, maybe new quest lines come in, new characters. But they could do the exact same thing with a sequel. They could say, well, we've got you going into year six. There's a whole new batch of students. There's a whole new batch of teachers, new characters for you to interact with, new spells and powers to learn. So there's a, I think there's a lot of room in Hogwarts Legacy for ongoing content or just a nice crisp trilogy. Year five being the first game and then year six and seven being games two and three. Overall, I've not seen anything with respect to Hogwarts Legacy gameplay that has me concerned. I think it all looks very good, and I think they could take this game further than just one contained game. Uh, I believe they could do quite a bit with it. And the Harry Potter fan base will likely support almost anything that they do. You can Again, you can go right now to Wizarding World. You can get sorted. You can get yourself... Uh, your wand, your Patronus, you can do all that before even diving into the game. So I'm very much looking forward to diving into Hogwarts Legacy gameplay when it releases. They are uh, just continuing to wander around here. It's uh, Is it on Steam? I believe it'll be on Steam, yes. Every once in a while they're doing that zoom in thing. You can disagree, but that's the reality, hence the reason why they had to make Quidditch World Cup way back when. Quidditch would have been an entire game itself. It wouldn't have worked unless you wanted the bare-bones story. I could see Hogwarts Legacy adding Quidditch later as a standalone thing, the way they did with Legends in Ghosts of Tsushima. I totally think that could be a thing. I think Hogwarts Legacy Quidditch would be a huge hit. I do. I think it'd be a huge, huge hit. Mm. Mm, let me do that. Making myself some notes here. Let's do that. Which is some crazy concept that needs a Madden level of development. It's a pretty simple game type. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would need to be a separate game. It could be a standalone thing the way they did Legends because I do think you'd almost want to have a different team developing it, right? You know what I'm saying, Gilly? I think you'd want a different team developing it, like a team that understands those kinds of mechanics because it's very different to design something like that than designing quests, rooms, or combat. I do think that's a very different skill set uh, of development, you know? If you guys have been enjoying the discussion and the breakdown, uh, we greatly appreciate you supporting the channel. 
an easy way to support is to smash like if you've already hit like thank you so much for doing that we appreciate the people that come in and just you just do that instinctively sometimes we do have to remind you so if you haven't hit the like button yet be sure to do that i don't know quidditch's dlc seems too narrow i actually don't think they would do quidditch's dlc i think what they would do is they would do dlc with missions and you and and like and actual things to go do. I feel like Quidditch would be a standalone side thing like they did with Legends and Ghost of Tsushima. Because Legends was not something that they charged for, and it, rather, it really wasn't classified as DLC, right? It was more classified as... It was, it was more classified as, like, almost like a free standalone game. You know? That's 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 how they that's how they almost they, they didn't really ever come out and call it anything other than it's a free it's a free standalone thing it's a free download free game mode I guess you could call it You need broom physics ball physics aerial spaces it has to be done right Yeah I don't think it would be as simple as just being like you know throw it together okay so here you're going to get a look at some of the hogwarts legacy combat gameplay they're showcasing how it's going to work so what they're asking him to do is if you look at the bottom right corner they're saying okay look hold down right trigger and then use your purple spell or accio but then they just want him using basic attacks which doesn't include anything down in that corner likely just mashing a button like x or something okay you're going to see that happen right here Yeah, there's still no Switch release date. That's right, Smashville. They were it's releasing February 10th, but we do not have a Hogwarts Legacy release date for the Switch. We don't we don't have that. I wish more games was like Ghost. Very little UI on the screen. Love that. Win guide you. Yeah, I like how you can make I'd swipe down on on God of War to make the UI disappear and reappear. You tap R2 for basic attack, you hold it. Oh, so, okay. Okay, so Phantom Phoenix has given us the deets there. Okay, so you tap right trigger, and you just do a basic attack, and then you hold it for to access spells. I'll be honest, that feels like a bad decision. Right? I, I feel like that's a bad decision. The Xbox One is holding this game back. Oh, stop it. I don't like when you use the same button for, for different things, like... Is the do you see what I'm saying? When's it gonna know I'm holding? At what at what point? At what millisecond does it know that I'm holding the trigger or tapping the trigger? Like, why wouldn't you just make it to where it's a completely separate button? I don't like having I don't like having that. Agreed. It causes for dropped combos. Yeah, it's like easy for you to make a mistake or it's going to misread the tap like hold and press and then tap 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 hold and press tap 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 I don't know I would prefer to be like hold do my spell let go and smack 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 on a button and then go back to holding and pressing I'm sure you can button map yeah I'll remap that I never like when they do that what if it's haptic like returnal I shut that off in returnal 
I did not like how they did that. The alternate fire being like a full trigger press and the regular fire ADS being half a trigger press. I thought that was so dumb. I switched that to L1 is my alt fire in Returnal. It's too easy in a panic to squeeze the trigger a little bit too far. If you hold R2 and then press OX square or triangle for your special, you love to have the trigger in Returnal. I, dude, I'm too much of a, I, I, too much of, I panic. R1 should be basic. Yeah, you just press R1 or any of the thumb buttons, right? Any of the thumb buttons would work. Should be L2 hold for spell, R2 for basic attack. That makes sense to my brain. Like typically, typically when you're going to do like a hold button and then it pulls up, it's usually L, it's usually L2. I think R1 is the parry. Oh, well, maybe that's why they don't have it set that way. I mean, maybe there's a lot of combat depths. So you just can't do that. You can't You can't have buttons, you know, multiple buttons doing things. Because right here, he's going to do a parry. So, I don't know what he used there to parry. That They might say in the video. But see how he gets the warning around his head? So he gets this warning around his head so he knows an attack's incoming and then he times it correctly and it deflects back at the guy. So you get like warnings that attacks are incoming and then he deflects at just the right time. L1's for the tools thing. Okay. I want more games to use that stuff. It's extra buttons if done right. But can't lean into uh, that on a cross-gen platform game. I don't like... I actually think the haptics... I'll be honest, I think the haptic triggers are overrated. Having resistance on my triggers is so overrated. I love the vibration, I love the feeling that I had when like pulling back the bow in Horizon, but having resistance on the triggers and like half a pull to do this and a full pull to do that, I think it's so overrated. It's such a gimmick because it makes it so easy to make a mistake. It's not there's not it's not precise, right? there's a lack of precision on that like half a pull versus a full pull I, I don't I think it's a I think it's a cheesy gimmick you want to make me feel more immersed in your game by using vibrations you want to make me feel more immersed in your game by by having you know the, the, the feedback in the trigger that I can feel that's totally fine having the triggers resist me and having like a half pull versus a full pull I think it's just stupid I felt it in Godfall and thought it was breaking the controller. Yeah, it doesn't. I just don't think it feels good. I think it's something that that needs more work. I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it translates in a good way. I, it may. It leads to me making mistakes, and it leads to me making me feel like the controller is acting funky. Like you can't. You can't take that many years of muscle memory. And then muscle memory in the game, like, well, like 70% of the time, the triggers are acting one way, and then all of a sudden they act another way. It's like, what the heck? You know what I mean? Imagine if your buttons and your joysticks did that. They suddenly got stiff. Like, oh, no, yeah, it's stiff all of a sudden. Your joysticks aren't aren't moving as well, and your buttons aren't pressing. You have to press them harder. I think it's dumb. I think haptics and dual sense fit so good with this game, it'll feel way more magical. Oh, the haptic feedback they've talked about in the little speaker for, you know, when you're mixing and doing stuff with different spells, I think is great. I actually think, yes, that will be really, really good. 
I think having the, the, the triggers do the resistance thing and uh, a full trigger pull does something versus a half a trigger pull, I just, I can't think of another word. I just think that that's dumb. Making the controller suddenly behave in a way that's counter to decades of mus- muscle memory, I, I think it's dumb. Like, again, if suddenly your buttons were stiff and didn't press, you had to press really hard on the X button, or suddenly your joysticks were really, really stiff, and you had to, like, pull on them really, really hard. I I don't like that. It feels like, I don't know, it's like the power steering on your car suddenly going out, and you're like, like, all of a sudden you're yanking on the wheel, and it feels like you're driving through sludge and cement. Playing shooters where soft press or left trigger turns into a gyro assist uh, to assist with aiming feels very nice when done well. I think it could be done better. I just think right now they're throwing it into games in a really gimmicky way. They're not throwing into games where it feels intentional. Like when they did it to me in in, uh, in Hitman, it I died. I literally died because I didn't know what was going on. I was like, why did my trigger do that? I thought my gun jammed. I thought the game literally was like, oh, your gun jams. Like, no, it's just resistance on the on the on the trigger. Like, why? What's the point? Um Guys, make sure you are smashing the like button. We need 50 more likes on the video. I believe that is, yeah, that's the uh that's the end. We'll go back and do one more. We'll check this out one more time with some commentary if you guys haven't seen everything yet this game being dumb not every game needs that feature it's nice for something like a racing game where I want control of the throttle but not something like Hogwarts yeah that's a very particular execution that I think makes sense Abe for sure but in a game where I'm like going to pull the trigger and it like stops halfway or like the way they did it in Returnal I'm like, this is so dumb. It's so easy to mess it up. It's it's not... I don't know. Isn't different resistance levels to mimic to a pedal? Yeah, in a racing game, I don't have any issue with that. I don't play them, but I can see like, oh, that makes perfectly good sense. I could see a fishing game doing it, right? Tension on the line and holding down the trigger and having like slightly... Then you're in this interplay, right? You're. It makes sense in that... But in a game like this, or in a game where you're shooting guns, I'm like, no, man, get that the frick out of here. Quit messing with me. It makes it makes me make mistakes. It doesn't feel like it's conducive to what I'm doing. How are you enjoying God of War? I'm loving it. I'm going to continue my play session today. Uh, for those of you that don't know where I am in the game, we are heading to Vanaheim. Uh, if that's an if that's a clue that you'll be able to watch and hang out or not, if you've not gotten to Vanaheim, then you don't want to watch today because you're not expecting it. Even once I expect, even once I expect it, I can't shape my muscle memory around it. It's like I'm an old dog; you can't teach me new tricks like that. Like suddenly having a trigger in a shooter where it's like, hey, when you aim, if you pull the left trigger down all the way, this is going to happen. If you pull down the left trigger halfway, then this is going to happen. I, I I can't rewire my my muscle memory around that. I've been playing shooters literally since Wolf 3D. It also it also causes fatigue using it. Yeah, you're having to use a part of your brain. I don't know. You're having to be way more active in a repetitious in a repetitious action. 
If guns, I don't remember them vibrating. Maybe vibration after firing, but not when aiming. Uh, aiming has to be more to do more with breathing. Some games I think mimic that pretty well. Unrelated, coming soon to Game Pass. We've got Dark Tide, Dune, Ghost Lore, Lapin, Gun Rave. Oh, that Gun Rave Gun Rave Core game looked really cool. It did. I remember that game looking really dope. If it's done right, like in Returnal, then it can feel very intuitive. I would argue that it doesn't feel intuitive in Returnal. It's it's extremely easy to mess up. Accidentally, uh, accidentally shooting off your alt fire in Returnal is so irritating. Like it's and it's really easy to do, right? You get taken by surprise, or you're you're trying to like aim really really quickly. It's like super super easy to pull the left trigger down all of the way. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's easy to mess up and what are you messing up you're not messing up something that's finessed or challenging or difficult you're messing up a basic mechanic of alt fire you know what I mean you call it gun grave no I called it gun rave I said it correctly I mean look at the artwork it says gun rave core there's no G it's grave it's grave? Where's the other G? The way they have that designed is artwork. It What? Oh, it's one word. Gungrave core. What the frick? Look at the the big G is doing double duty. What big G? Look at that artwork. It's the word gun and then the word rave and the word gore. So that big artistic piece next to it, that's a G for grave, but not a G for gun. Like, look at how bad that artwork is, Eugene. You see why why I called it the wrong name. Look at the artwork. It's one word? Yeah, and as one word, look at how they have it on that Game Pass advertisement. It looks stupid. Bro, give him a big afro. I don't think there's an afro in the game. Yeah, look at that. That doesn't look right. That's a barely noticeable G. And yeah, how am I supposed to know that G is in the middle of one word? One word, two lines. Yeah, and then the G's all artistic. I mean, it looks like, okay, I can definitely see that it's attached to the R. I can see that now zoomed in. But even then, how can you even tell that's a freaking G? It's terrible. Well, there's a ton of, uh, of hairstyles in it. There's dreadlocks, there's braids, there's cornrows. I think they've actually done a really good job with the various hairstyles. I actually think they've done a very good job. Not just with having the hairstyles, but the hair texture looks right. Like, the dreads look like dreads. This guy's, what do you guys call this, a high-top fade? I'm I'm not, I'm obviously not familiar with the hairstyles because I don't have that hair. Uh, but, yeah, his hair looks like, I said it earlier, we, we're friends with the family, and lo- super long time ago, they adopted these Ethiopian kids. Oh, they're, and their hair is so dope, right? And that's what their hair looks like. 
they're like teenagers now. The bottom part of the logo is another G. Awful design. Welcome to gaming 2022. Yeah, that's terrible. It literally looks like Gunrave. <laughs> Gunrave gore. Ooh. Ooh. Can we get 40 more likes on the video? If you guys have already smashed like, you're the best. If you haven't hit like yet, you probably just forgot to, so be sure to do that. I hope the customization is better in the full version. As a mixed man, Neo 2 is the best. Rojo, you can get his skin color to be your skin color. Like, if you're mixed and you're in between, like, obviously, like, Ethiopians and Kenyans are super dark and then, you know, guys that are maybe mixed from America are a lot more of a of a lighter darkness. You can get his skin color to match yours. You don't you don't need to be you know, like super super dark or super super light. It had literally a, a bar you could drag. How can you play this game? It releases on the 23rd. We are looking at gameplay. They did a Hogwarts Legacy gameplay showcase. It's mo- The problem is most mostly like my hair is straight and curly, so it's hard to find the exact texture. Yeah, we have friends, uh, friends of ours. The, the husband is black and the wife is white. And all three of their kids... They, they all look very different. The youngest boy, he, he could pass for a white boy, but then the daughter is darker, and then the and then the other son is like in between, and all their hair is different. Their hair is just gorgeous, just amazing texture, super, super soft. It doesn't, it like when you, you, you touch their hair, it doesn't feel like real hair. Like it's almost, it feels too soft. It's like, what in the world? How did you do this? Just absolutely beautiful. Well, it's going to be hard to get that in a game because you're blending two different hair types. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, you have like the soft, the softness of like a white person's hair, but then you have like the thickness and like the beauty, like just that really nice curl that you sometimes see with black hair. It's awesome. Their hair, like, I'm kind of jealous of their hair sometimes. Well. It's hard to get that in a game, you know what I'm saying? Because obviously this guy's hair is more of a traditional black man's hair texture as as compared to somebody who has more of a mixed hair texture. So, I think that would be hard. I feel like if you go back to the, the, to the part of this video where they show all the different hairstyles, I did feel like they did a good job trying to have a spectrum of hair texture and hairstyle. I've, I've rarely seen games get black hair correct it's usually like you get an afro and that's it or maybe you get like braids and that's it and in this they've got a variety of hairstyles like the dreads look really good there's a couple different versions of the braids there look like there might be like a low level afro not like a fully blown out like 80s discos afro but like a more a more modern low-key afro my youngest has the best hair. No one ever thinks it's real. Yeah, I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens with, you know, with when you mix those those hair textures, right? And you have a baby, right? You got a white parent and a black parent. I don't know what happens. There's some kind of a magic spell that happens to the hair because it's like, what is this? How did y'all do this? 
Get black hair made by uh, uh, by a white guy. You haven't seen uh, black hair Neo. Neo did us good. I mean, I'm not... I obviously don't have the hair, but I've seen it, and I feel like when they showed it in this game, it looks right to me. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't look cliche. It looks like they got the texture right. Like, they show long straight hair they've got curly hair they've got dreads i don't know i feel like they've they've they did a good job with it the game association uh is going to take away points oh i don't think so i don't think so i think that's going to die down like right away I don't think people are going to review this game harshly because of that i think the gaming community is going to do what they do best they're going to chase the money like the review outlets and the critics that are all trying to posture right now about that situation with JK Rowling, I don't think any of them will, I think they'll all be sellouts, right? I'm, I'm going to play the game and I'm, that's not selling out, right? Because I have no problem with supporting the books and supporting the lore and the movies and the video game. I'm, I'm, I'm not standing on some weird Twitter mob ceremony. So that's not selling out but there's plenty of youtubers streamers and review outlets that have said things about this game and we shouldn't support it and blah yeah watch them all play it and review it and make money off of it anyway right their virtue wouldn't fit in a thimble it's all just for clicks right now and then when the game comes out they'll do the same thing they'll chase the clicks now there probably will be some negative clickbait reviews that focus on JK and don't focus on the game because why? They'll get tons of clicks. Like, hating on this game will generate clicks as much as the people that play it and review it and love it. I think you'll I think you'll see both. But I do think there will be people that totally sell out and are like staunchly against it and then they'll play it anyway. Neo 2 still quite has possibly my favorite character creator of all time, especially uh, the black people hair options. I think they'll get more concern over the story setting and ideas than JK's issues. What do you mean, Eugene? Like, they'll worry about it not being accurate? Team Ninja knew how to do black hair better than most people who've seen black people their whole life. I mean, I am I'm about as white as they come, and even I've noticed that in games recently. I'm like, man, what that's not what black people hair looks like. Like, what the what? Like, you know what I mean? And I know what that feels like, because I always want there to be beards. Now, I don't need beards in this game because you're 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 a student. You're like a 15-year-old. That's totally fine. But like I know what that feels like. You want to make the character look like yourself. And you're like, man, where's my beard? Where's my hairstyle? I I think it's totally fine to, to, to try to do that and to work on that. Is that what the hairstyles were like in the 1800s? Well, it's pretty clear, uh, Sven, that they have hairstyles that are, are intended to make you look like you're from the 1800s. And then they have more modern hairstyles, like his high top fade and the dreads and the braids. I, I don't think you would have necessarily seen like the one it's like it's like cornrows it's like you you wouldn't have seen that back then well maybe you would have i don't know i'm not an expert on hairstyles from the 1800s but it does look more modern right there was a pompadour and there was like you know froofy messy hair that you wouldn't have seen till much later right in like 50s 60s 70s you know the 1950s 60s and 70s there's definitely hairstyles from the 1900s in this game that might not have been present back then you know
Reset Era literally has a ban on this game. It's going to be messy. I mean, let them. Let them. You know what's funny is no one's going to care a month later. They'll all get angry and they'll they'll shed, you know, social media virtual tears over it. And then the game will come out, people will play it, and then everyone will move on with their lives. You know what I mean? The conversation's nerve-wracking. I feel like this is ripe for an out-of-context clip. I can't bear the thought of a second Lono cancellation, but I commend your bravery. It's not bravery when you see that the cancel mob is toothless dogs. Like, I, I dare, I dare the mob to try to cancel me again over clips about J.K. Rowling. They can frick all the way off. Thanks for the relevancy and the clicks. It'll help my channel. Like, I don't care about that anymore, man. When you see the cancel mob is just a bunch of toothless dogs and you don't bend the knee, they either leave you alone or they just help you. They're powerless. Like, you you couldn't take anything that I've ever said about Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, or Hogwarts Legacy and do anything with it. And if you tried, all you would do is get my channel more relevancy. So, frickin' try me. Reset Era also talks about our console support, uh, but everyone keeps buying... I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, the story is about squashing the Goblin Rebellion. They're undoubtedly this. Smart television. They also catch flat given environments today. Oops, wrong chat. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that, Eugene. I don't think, I just don't think that's gonna, I just don't think that's gonna get a lot of traction. I really, really don't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I could see somebody trying to say that. Like, I know Jon Stewart tried to say that. I just don't think you're going to get a lot of traction with that. You know what I mean? I I just... That's... the, the, The goblin trope is so closely related to the dwarven trope in Tolkien stuff that I don't think it has legs, personally. I just don't think it does. I think it's very tenuous. I think it's very weakly argued. I think it's I think it's uh I think it's a lot of projection. I think it's easy to connect dots. I remember when people tried to do that with the Gungans in Star Wars episode 1. I I'm, I I remember when people tried to do the exact same thing with the Gungans in Star Wars episode 1 and I just felt like it was so loose, it was so projection. I don't know. I feel like when I look at the goblins in, in, in the Harry Potter movies, I've not read the books, obviously. I, I'm, I'm planning on it. I'm currently reading through Lord of the Rings for the first time. So I'm done reading through the Harry Potter books. Maybe my tune will change. But like, I feel so much when I watch the movies. They just reminded me of like the dwarven stereotypes. They're short, they're gruff, and they care about wealth. Like, that's as far as I think it goes. You know what I mean? And, they're di- and, and goblins look like that. Like, if you go back and read, like, go back and read. I'm reading to my kids right now um, The Princess and the Goblin King or something. And goblin lore was very much similar to dwarven lore. They live in caves. They care about wealth and rocks and jewels and gems. And they're ugly and they have big noses. Like, I don't necessarily think we can look at that and be like, oh, that's 100% a reference to this and it's 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 supposed to be making fun of these people when when were those books and, and, and things established and written? 
aren't those tropes more modern in America and and would then be they wouldn't be old enough to make sense you're not saying it has a bunch of legitimacy right and that's why I think if anybody tries to do it I'll be like I, I just don't think that that's legitimate you know I just I just don't I don't think that's legit I just don't think it's legitimate I think they'll catch more oh you think they're gonna catch more flack from that those tropes aren't modern okay maybe they're not modern what I'm trying to say is are they old enough to line up with some of the most earlier books written about goblins like the book that I'm reading to my children does it predate those tropes do you see what I'm saying because I don't get the impression when I'm reading reading this book to my children that that's what they're attempting to do like goblins are again they're similar to dwarven you know uh, they're similar to dwarven creatures they're cave dwelling they're short they're ugly they're scary yo good morning mo people wouldn't watch fantastic beast because of this guy yeah yeah that situation was stupid I think it's a combination, but I hear ya. It yeah, it's one of those things where is it intended, is the intention that, or is it one of those is it one of those things where we're seeing it through that lens because we're so on guard for that. The children of Huron by Tolkien set ten thousand years during the time of Morgoth, the first Dark Lord before Sauron. The book's tragic, like in Shakespearean influence. Yeah, are there goblin? Are there goblins? There are orcs. Are, yeah, there's goblins in in Tolkien. Yeah, a lot of those tropes predate founding of America and come from Roman Catholic Church during medieval periods. Right, but when did goblin lore start? Would be my question. Because if you're literally basing the goblins in Harry Potter based off fantasy goblin lore, it lines up. They are small, they are ugly, and they like treasure and wealth. They're very similar to dwarves. So that would be my question. When Rowling writes and comes up with goblins, is she basing it off of a trope and something that's offensive, or is she basing it off of this is historically what fantasy does with these creatures. They're cave, they're cave dwelling. They're hideous. Again, in the book that I'm reading, they got these huge noses, and they are ugly to look at. And they love rocks and jewels and gems. I'm on the fence with this one. Says Captain Steve. The world looks cool. Voice acting okay, but the lip sync suck. No mini games like Gobstones, Quidditch. No multiplayer. Not sure. I'm feeling this one. The reason I'm okay with the lip sync thing, Captain Steve, I talked about this a little bit earlier. I think when you know you're in a genre that does lots of automation, I I accept some level of animatronic uh, facial movement, if that makes sense. Like when I'm playing through Starfield, I'm going to have the same attitude. It's like there's so many characters for you to interact with and so many voice lines. There's going to be some level of automation and that's just what you're going to get. You're not going to get handcrafted cutscenes that are cinematic like in God of War I I think it's acceptable I do think Horizon Forbidden West raised the bar I think when you when you play through Horizon Forbidden West a lot of those interactions are very well done especially compared to Horizon Zero Dawn because Horizon Zero Dawn was very much animatronic mannequin-esque 
Goblins are almost always depicted as bad, therefore they are visualized with bad characteristics and behaviors. That's a good shout and a fair one. Yeah, and I think it's tough because it's hard sometimes for gamers to distinguish. They're like, well, I've played other games with characters and the characters look better and they're animated better. And then when you come and play this game, it's like, why do they look like an animatronic at Disney World? Well, because it's all automated. Goblin lore using the term goblin has existed for nearly a thousand years, but goblins are believed to originate from a similar source to elves and leprechauns. So they have been around for a millennia. Yeah, like small like treasure-seeking ugly creatures goblins dwarves leprechauns it's yeah i i think maybe people i would really want to honestly study it and say like okay is there any legitimacy to this and i do think it gets difficult like does somebody in 2022 need to be well versed in dwarven goblin lore if you're going to include them in your movies or your books or are you just using them because everybody knows what they are like you don't have to tell somebody this is a dwarf this is an elf this is a giant this is a centaur this is a minotaur that's I kind of like I just wonder if is there some sort of due diligence is there an imperative on modern day authors movie makers and video game makers to be like hey Hey, don't you dare do that with goblins because you continuously link them to tropes about a particular people group. It's like, well, wait just a minute. You could probably do that with a lot of things. Like they did with the Gungans in Star Wars Episode 1, and there just wasn't any substance to it. I think the concern is when you dress them up and give them uh, pointy noses and make them bankers. Yeah, but but again, again, the pointy noses is how they're described in the book I'm reading to my children. They're cave dwelling and they have these super long pointy noses. It's actually something they're supposed to be proud of in the book I'm reading. And then they're proud of the fact that their feet don't have any toes. So there's there's somebody in the book, she's hiding her feet because she doesn't want them to know she has toes. So the description, like them being short and not having toes, and having pointy noses, it's like, well, okay. Making them bankers. Again, the difficulty is, in the Harry Potter movies that I watched, it's it's contextual, right? They're not just bankers. They're cave-dwelling, like the vaults and the cave systems. Well, that's a dwarven goblin trope. That's a, that's a dwarven goblin trope, that they are cave-dwelling, and they care about treasure. The concern has always been the combination of it all. Right, so we can't have we can't have the goblins because if we have the goblins, they can't look like goblins as they're historically depicted because we need a creature like if they were dwarves, it would make sense again for dwarves to be bankers. Why? Because they care the most about money. Like if you look at historically how dwarves are depicted, they are cave-dwelling, treasure-seeking short creatures that are ugly and have beards and like I don't know would that be a get would like would Scandinavians take offense to that would Vikings take offense to that I don't know they're being in charge of all the wizarding money showing great power and influence can't see that as a negative 
Stop talking about yourself in the third person, man. You aren't that ugly. <laughs> Shut up, Wheeze. Say this for five time, please. No, no, I don't do that. Thank you for the five dollars, but I don't, I don't, I don't do that on command. I don't know. Moreover, aside from the European goblin, many other creatures, particularly Asian and African, similar creatures with common physical features that love gold and treasure, and it grants them wishes for a price. Right. Like short, whimsical creatures that live in caves. So, like, their stature makes sense. Their stature is not meant to be analogous, I don't think, to a people group. Their stature is because they're cave dwelling. Like, you would be small. It makes sense, right? You're not going to have giant leviathan-like creatures living in caves. Hear me out. I'm very uh, scared to interact with goblins. I feel I'm forced to interact with goblins. If I go out and I see them, I feel like I'm going to stay there and I have to do story mode as goblins. That's not going to happen in this. Fun fact, most Vikings were 5, 7 to 6 feet tall. And they rarely wore horned helmets. Huh. I absolutely love the way the game looks and the customization seems good from what they showed. But my worries if the game will uh, optimize for old gen. Jess with a $5 tip says, I love you. Thank you for the $5 tip. Hey, if you guys would like to gift some members, now is a great time to do it. The longer that we're live the more the core audience is uh, is enduring, and we are trying to get the membership back up to 2,000. And we are coming up with ways that we hope uh, motivates people to do the, either their own membership or upgrade from a gifted membership. Super Chats are also a great way to support, but it's totally free to click the subscribe button and the like button, and we would love to see more people doing that right now if you haven't done so already. Uh appreciate you guys supporting the uh, the channel the membership surge that we had in August, September and October has basically fallen out and so we're thinking through what we want to do about that uh, we, are conser- we are considering we are considering doing uh, members only talk shows so that you would only get one talk show a day here as a non-member um, I feel like I'm competing with my own content. I give away two great talk shows a day most of the week and being like, hey, you can become a member and get another talk show isn't really a strong offer. I feel like I'm competing with my free content. But we're considering a couple of different things um, and Creature has has very uh, you know pointedly said, don't be surprised if uh, something stops happening if it's not being supported. So if live streams like this are seeing a very sharp stagnation in membership growth, then you might see less live streams because uploads and shorts are uh, are another focus that YouTube is focusing on. And uh, we can't ignore that reality because we are live for about six to seven hours a day. And if that suddenly gets cut in half and there's only one public live stream a day, then uh, you'll know why if that ends up happening. So we're going to spend the next month and a half examining that idea. We're not going to make any changes. We're not going to make any changes. But going into the new year, if we uh, if we don't see the needle move and we don't see the, the membership support go where we want to see it, 
you might start seeing the morning talk show being public and then the second talk show might have some members only aspect of it either the chat or the actual stream itself so feel free to provide feedback on on um what you think about members only content on youtube are there channels that you do it are there channels where you support it and what generally drives that you can leave comments below you can give us feedback in the discord uh that is something that we are considering because live streams are not traditional youtube content so we have to uh you're going to do a members-only talk show? I might start because that seems to be the only way to convince people to push the button is to literally take content away, and I don't want to do that. I hate the notion of doing that. I'm I'm pretty strongly opposed to it, but YouTube's very different than the platform that I used to stream on, and getting people to push join is extremely difficult over here. It's very, very different. And like I said, I feel like I'm competing with my own content. I do a great live show in the morning for two to three hours, and then I do another live show for, you know, one to two hours, and both of those shows I think are very high quality, and then I'm like, hey, you can become a member to get one more talk show. Well, you don't really need to spend money for that. You can go watch the previous broadcasts. Like, imagine if you show up here middle of the day on a Tuesday. You have a great backlog of videos you can watch on my channel that cost absolutely nothing. And I'm sitting here saying, hey, become a member for an extra talk show. And you're like, I don't need to. Um, like I said, I feel like I'm competing with my own content because my the main, the main bulk offering of my content is free. And uh, I feel like I'm competing with it. Like I can't convince people uh, to become a member because why? You don't need to. You know, one more talk show in a sea of talk shows that I do all week doesn't seem like a very strong offer. It's on me to figure it out, to feel like, okay, what's the value offer? What's the, what's the way to convince people to push the button? Because primarily, we still are seeing mostly the same people uh, continue to do membership that have been doing it all year long. And uh, we want to think that through, right? To the people that are doing drive-by viewership, they're here just for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, is there a way to say, hey, you know, we do awesome stuff here. We'd love to have you become a part of our community. Um how do we, uh, you know, how do we, how do we get there? Would be, would be the question. That's, uh, that's kind of where we've landed, though. So. Can't blame someone who sees this, uh, who sees all the context and is like, nah, that's too far. I just, I, I think part of it is because I don't come like I want to be empathetic to people that come from that side of the issue but I just see a like a like a total fantasy creature like I'm with barrier but again I'm not from that side of the issue so they see the tropes they see the political cartoons they see you know the history of artwork that depicts them in exaggerated ways and then they see that and they're like okay what the frick are you doing like this looks like a you know propaganda poster from the 50s or something I'm making that up I don't know when 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 those sorts of things happen but because of the history I could see somebody looking at that and being like what the frick but I look at it and I'm like I don't I don't know what you're talking about um uh not your content your issue that uh, employed similar boat is freelancer your content's good 
I know that there are people who cannot afford to do memberships, but the number of views we get on this channel in a given day, the number of views that we get on live streams, I, I can't I can't look at that. I can't look at reoccurring audience numbers and not conclude that we are doing something wrong. It's not on the it's not on the viewers to figure this out, right? It's not on the viewers to figure it out. But I can go to my audience tab, right? And I can see that as an example, last week before uh actually all yeah, all last week, there's this great purple line. Returning viewers on Monday, over 6,000. Next day, over 6,000. Next day, over 7,000. Next day, over 6,000. Next day, close to 6,000, right? So, Monday through Friday, around six to 7,000 people are coming back to the channel, right? They're returning. They like what I'm doing. That's a healthy thing to see. That's a feather in my cap. People are coming back, Right? It's really hard to be like, yeah, six to 7,000 people a day are like, bro, I'm on hard times. I can't afford a membership. Now, there's a percentage of those people that, yes, cannot afford a membership. That's why we have gifted memberships to help kind of pick those people up and let them be a part of what's going on. But when I look at that number, I'm thinking we're making a mistake. If I'm getting that level of viewership return, it's a very healthy viewership return. And I'm not getting those people to push the join button, then it's on me to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to change this reality? Right? I don't want to sound harsh, but it's YouTube. People will just go find a video to watch for free. I like your content since finding you, but pay to watch me at under 100,000 subs might not go well. Right. And there's a tension, right? So when I had a graphic design business, I had a guy tell me once, he's like, you need to double your rates tomorrow. And I was like, what? He's like, you're not charging enough. He's like, if you double your rates tomorrow, you'll get better clientele. Oh, okay. So there's this tension of wearing the clothes for the job you want, positioning yourself and saying, we have high value content here and we can't make it all free. We put on a show that is at the top shelf level of quality and production of other live talk shows on YouTube. And we're giving it away for free. Now, that model works when you have a massive volume of support. It's like, yeah, we can just keep giving away the content for free because the support volume is there. But when the support volume's not there, you have to start to question, do we structure things a little differently? Do we say, first show's free, second show, the chat's members only. Though it's still free to watch, but chat's members only. Like, do we softly integrate this idea of, hey... Interacting with me in the live environment, that's a premium product. That you know, we ain't giving that away for free, right? But there you you have to be careful on YouTube. You don't want to show up at McDonald's wearing a tuxedo. Well, I'm dressing for the job I want. Well, okay, you're a manager at McDonald's. Dressing nice is appropriate, but overdressing would make you look foolish, wouldn't it? You would look foolish, you would look out of place. So as a content creator with 22,000 subscribers, I need to be careful that I don't position myself and look foolish of like, oh yeah, you pay me money, pay me money, bro. Like you gotta be careful with that. Like Doc's got 20,000 viewers. So of course he runs a, a members only chat. I'm, I'm not at that level, but should I start positioning some of my content at that level and saying, hey, I, I, I create high value content, pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Think about when you go to the store 
and there's the $80 bottle of bourbon and there's the $20 bottle of bourbon that $80 bottle of bourbon doesn't have to defend itself to you it just says that's the value that's the price we make a premium bottle it's good right double barrel soaked whatever same thing with my content like if I start saying listen man these shows are high value I'm not going to be giving everything away anymore. I might I might come to that conclusion in January that, like, listen, we can give 70% of it away, but we need to start, like, pulling some of it back and saying, no, like, this is a members-only thing, you know? Um, your content's good, though, so not sure what else you can really do. Maybe a weekly podcast with one or two other creators. Well, like what Gabriel's saying, so just more free content, another reason to not click join exactly see you're clicking with what i'm saying it's like i'm giving i'm actively giving you a reason to not become a member i am think about it you there's plenty of people that don't watch me every day so let's say you watch me on wednesday and you hear me say hey you can click join and you can become a part of a members only talk show guess what if you're subscribed to my channel you're like i I have four backlogged episodes, Lono. I don't need to press join. You did two shows on Monday. You did two shows on Tuesday, right? I, I don't I don't need to pay any money, Lono. You, you got all these great backlogged episodes. I just got here on Wednesday. I don't need to spend any money. Like I said, I'm competing with my own content. I'm also competing with the rest of YouTube, but I'm competing with my own content. I just don't think YouTube has a culture like that. I don't want to sound uh, like a jerk, just giving opinion. No, Donald, I, I'm not. I'm not under this illusion to think that the culture of monetization and spending money is supported on YouTube. It isn't. We're trying to foster that softly. I'm trying to softly say, hey, we do more here than hot take uploads and clickbait impression farms. Like we foster community we have a very interactive live stream we have a live stream that you can't really experience virtually anywhere else on the platform i i believe that i do i believe our content's high quality and sometimes you got to put a price on something if you're good at something never do it for free right like you can't just keep giving away what you're so good at like i'm very good at live stream interaction it's just where my skill set lies i just i've always been able to do it so there's that question of should you just constantly give it away? I respect and appreciate you don't sell out and try to monetize everything. Yeah, I hate the notion of being like, well, we need to start to we need to start to put some of this content behind a paywall. I I didn't like doing that with Friday nights. We originally made Friday nights anybody could watch, but they started performing so poorly. I was like, nah, nah, we'll make we'll make we'll make Friday nights you know a members only perk, you know. YouTube community is still learning to interact with live content. The normies are here. Normies do not interact all that much yet. Purple has the early adopters for now, but won't get normies. Uh, yeah. Yo, thank you, Pooger, for jumping back into the tier two. Uh, I like the members-only chat idea. Honestly, it seems like the most fair and incentive way to join and engage with you. I think half or a quarter of the content is free. It's a taste for those wanting uh, walking into your channel for the first time, but the rest that you put being a membership is for those who want to see the good stuff best gaming talk show it's the first thing I turn on in the morning thank you I appreciate that I'm retired apparently but want to support I do enjoy the content I I appreciate that I have never done a join on YouTube other than a channel that has a dollar join 
just not the culture here no and pros i know that so my point is what can i do to make you say oh dang i've never done this before but now i kind of want to just gonna give my two cents i joined not to gain access to your content but i support and enjoy your content obviously others may have a different perspective anbu i would say that most of the people that are currently members right now they have your attitude i'm i'm considering all of the other people out there there's this entire culture like i said i'm getting six to seven thousand people to come back to the channel every day why aren't they pushing join it's up for me to figure that it's up to me to figure that out what is it what am i failing to do am i is it just a culture thing or am i not structuring things in a way that actually makes somebody say you know i've never really done a membership on youtube but dadgummit i feel like i kind of have to now like this is this is good content what about ads? I don't want to... No, I don't think ads are conducive to the live environment. I don't. I don't want to start running ads. I have premium, so I don't see them. No, running ads doesn't help the show. We're doing the first hour free and then doing a Q&A or a deeper conversation behind a membership. A crazy idea. We're considering doing something like that, Noberto, where the morning show would be free. Then we would do like a 10-minute premiere, and then that premiere would roll over into members o- a members-only discussion. So people would be like, oh, that was a great 10-minute video. He had a hot take on Game Pass. I want to go debate him. The problem is, if that video is members only, like people are going to roll over to it and be like, well, I can't see what's going on. But if they rolled over to it, they could see what's going on, and then the chat was members only, that might be like a soft push to be like, hey, half the day we uh, we switch the chat. You know, you can talk to, you can talk to me for free in the morning. But maybe the second show, we don't do that. Being able to listen to your content throughout the workday is a valuable proposition that's unmatched anywhere else on YouTube. Weezy says, the problem with YouTube is the general person that browses YouTube just browses YouTube with the expectation that they get content and they don't pay money. Like, outside of you, I don't spend money on YouTube and pretty much never will. Right, but even if I got a very small percentage of the six to 7,000 return viewers every day, if I just got a small percentage of them to join, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We would not be having this conversation. I'd be like, what we're doing's working. You know, what we're doing's working. But at one level, what we're doing is very healthy. Channel growth, great. Sub growth, great. Return viewers, great ding 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 those are all of the hallmarks of a healthy channel but what i'm doing is is i have a healthy channel and i am not converting and i've got to figure out is it me is it just the culture yo my man chicken pot pie jumping in just make sure you don't do a base membership you want to do a full membership we need to rename that level that level tier to trial because we i hate that we have to do this the base membership is designed for gifted members The live aspect is the hurdle in figuring out how this works best for you. Most YouTube content is not live. So how the content's created and published allows for a greater degree of flexibility. I think a lot of people on YouTube use it for a free resource to watch sports highlights, music stuff, ETC. Whereas the people gravitated to the purple platform to follow people ETC. Yeah, but clearly we're doing something right when we have six to 7,000 people coming back every day. Right? Clearly, I'm doing something right. People are coming back. They're like, oh, I like this show. I like this vibe. And I'm never asking them to spend any money. 
with the exception of like, hey, click and join supports me directly. It seems like people come in for the chat about what interests them, and then when you cover something they aren't interested in, they go and they click on someone else. Oh, for sure, that definitely happens. For sure. We can sell the color blue for $10. Most YouTube content doesn't have interaction beyond leaving a comment. I think we need to figure out uh, what the right paywall is for interaction. That's why I think we might do this in January. A very soft push would be to say, hey, second show is a members-only chat. First show, totally open. But we could say, hey, man, second show, you know, and we would try to do it in a way where opening talk show and then we'd have like a 10 minute premiere because they want us to be doing uploads now they have like three tabs they have the home tab the i'm sorry they have the shorts tab the video tab and the live tab so we need to be doing all three of those things we've been doing shorts for a while no problem we do live as as good as anybody but we haven't been doing uploads so we would do like a 10 minute premiere we would take the morning show and like dump you in the 10 minute premiere and then that 10 minute premiere would dump you into a follow-up discussion and the tap man has said a lot he said numerous times he doesn't have as many members over here that he had on purple i think it's a youtube culture and people like to support if they want to sorry to repost this kaganeko but i think it's youtube's lack of gamification to monetization similar to purple that's hurting the spending adoption that's possibly a part yes to be honest, this Turk, the only reason I joined because I love the show, but you have you do give a ton away for free. I have one other membership on YouTube, a news talk show, and I join them to support. Uh, they have the same what same problem. It feels like every time I come in, you can't stop talking about becoming a member. It feels forced. I would become one, but money is not abundant like that for me currently, unfortunately. Well, and that's the problem though, Scott. If I don't mention it, like I've been streaming today for two hours and 24 minutes. I mentioned membership twice during that two hours, and we're discussing it now because the show's basically over. So, in two hours and 24 minutes, I mentioned it like twice, and you gotta understand, 3,184 people have seen this video, and a fraction of those 3,000 heard me mention it. Because they weren't here, they weren't here at the beginning, they weren't here at the middle, they weren't here at the end, right? Stupid question. Where's full membership? I'm not seeing it. I just had one option. I it's there should have been there should be like four tiers to pick from. Thanks for six months, Paul, at a full membership. That's half a year. So it's just like one of those things where like if I don't say it, it won't happen. Like if I went the whole day and I never mentioned pressing the like button and I never mentioned becoming a member, we wouldn't get any. We just wouldn't. You have to mention it. And the only reason we're discussing it right now is I just want people to know, hey, we just had a successful show, good turnout, two and a half hours, and we got one new member on their own, and then everybody else was gifted. There was like five gifted, right? Cat did gifted, so we, we made sure to appreciate and thank Cat for that. So is there a way to say, hey, Y'all that are enjoying the show, man, you're going to want to click, you're going to want to click join. You're going to want to be a part of the membership. And the question will be, why? Why? I think that's a totally fair question for somebody to ask. Why should I give you money? Right? 
I'll be honest, I think the YouTube audience is older and more mature, and they just are more logical. I'm not just going to give you money because the, the, the screen twinkles for a minute. I'm not going to do that. Right? I think the older, more mature audience is like, bro, if I'm going to give you money, I'm going to get something out of it. Right? I, I think that's totally fair. And I think I haven't been answering that question. An older, more mature viewer, you know, mid-20s and up, I think they're more apt to be like, bro, I'm not giving you money just because I watch you. That's silly. What are you going to give me? What are you giving me? I think that's 100% fair. And I haven't been answering that question. I've been saying, here's a mountain of free content, and oh, I do an extra hour every day with members. Well, that's not a very strong value offer. That's great for people who have been around a long time, but for to a new person, that's not a very strong value offer. They're like, okay. I think it's that, and part of YouTube hasn't been monetized since basically inception. I've used YouTube for 15 to 16 years, and all of a sudden you want me to spend money. Why would I do that? Exactly, Weez. And I think it's fair for somebody to ask that question. Right? It's fair for somebody to be like, why would I do that, bro? There's a sea of content on YouTube for me to consume. Why would I spend money to consume yours? Scripted or filmed gaming news segments and offering that for free while making the talk show paid be worth it. We're kind of considering, like I said, Graydon, sort of doing that in a soft way. Opening talk show every morning, totally free and open to the public. Great way to meet new people. Then we premiere a 10-minute video. We try to make it strong opinion-based to provoke response from people. Maybe it's an opinion piece on, you know, Game Pass or something. And then that takes everybody and redirects them over into a live stream where you've got to be a member to chat. We're, we're considering doing that. We don't want to change the flow of the day, but we also don't want to think like... We, we also don't want to be like, hey, we're just going to continue giving away 80% of our content for free. what creature saying the answer is simple we can't do what we do without members that's the facts there you go you got a chicken pot pie upgraded the full membership i need to start saying that like hey guys click the join button and make sure you do the drop down and pick a full membership and not base you want to be at a full membership for six dollars the base membership's designed for gifted members subscription models getting a little out of hand seems like everything is sub base now I've seen a lot of the larger creators using members-only chat, and I think that's a good value if you're invested in the creator's content. Well, Liquid, how many people here right now, if you are a gray name and you're not a member, if I was running a members-only chat, would you become a member? Or would you be like, well, I'll just listen? Because if a handful of people every day are going to push the button so they can chat, then that solves our problem. To a certain degree, it doesn't completely solve it, but that solves some of the problem of like, we kind of just need new folks hitting it. The loyalists aren't going anywhere. They are they are staying true, but I need new folks to be like, hey, I like what y'all do here. I want to be a part. And we aren't seeing that. And we're questioning, okay, it's on us to figure that out. What do we need to do? Just FYI, I wasn't given a drop down on mobile. I had to go to membership and then change to full. Yeah, 
out. Membership is also in its infancy to some degree. (laughs) If it were Doc or Tim, I would just stay unsub, but for someone who's grinding and more in the trenches like yourself, I'd probably sub. I'm great out right now, but I think only one show a day should be free, says Jason. It's funny how many people aren't members have told me you need to just start making your co- some a talk show members only. I've had a lot of people who aren't members telling me that. They're like, you need to make one of the talk shows members only. Like, <laughs> what? I personally would not just because I don't talk enough, but I listen. I do the free things, like and subscribe. Well, I appreciate that, Donald. Every level of interaction is helpful. So if you come and you lurk, you listen, you like, you subscribe, you say good morning, that's all super helpful. I need to figure out how to how to tell folks that can and that would like I need to figure out like what would tip them over what would what would what would what would tip you over and make you hit the thing you know cuz I like I said I was worried this entire time we had been having a huge surge in gifted memberships I was worried the bottom was going to fall out I was like I don't think this is sustainable because it honestly isn't what's sustainable is having a high value offering that people are responding to like that's sustainable free bag of coffee for people that give 25 or more members per month no our coffee is a premium product I'm not giving it away that that doesn't do me any good I'm like I'm basically robbing Peter to pay Paul like oh thanks for the 20 thanks for the you know you can't yeah you can't you can't give away the coffee because somebody gifted members that doesn't work you're, you're taking money from one funnel to motivate money in another funnel that's a dangerous thing to do Mo says stop giving away stuff for free one in the morning and then the rest is members Upgrading on Android is such a chore. I had to open the website instead of the app, open the join menu, and then I got redirected to a confirmation page. It's a coin flip if it works. The problem isn't people not gifting and spending. Yeah, it's not a matter of people not gifting. We had people go absolutely bonkers with generosity. The problem is when someone loses their gifted, they don't feel like they need to do it themselves. <clears throat> They're like, oh, I don't need to do it. I'm not missing anything. You know? So, chat should be limited in all shows, but the first for only members. Yeah, we're considering that. It seems to me, I've been pretty scared to do that, but it seems like the general public and audience would be pretty receptive to that. Right? It seems like they'd be more receptive to that. I've been really scared to do that. For a while now, Creature's been saying we chat should never be open to the public it should always be members only and I'm like maybe we should do one show like that not two right maybe we should do one show like that but not both because I do think there is something nice about that morning show vibe of like everybody gets to come in everybody says good morning you know everybody's getting a chance to uh, you know to greet and to and to say hi and to give their thoughts you know, and then if the second show is like, nah, you know, if you want to talk, you got to be a member. That's like a soft way of saying, hey, you know, we we stream for six hours a day, and that doesn't happen without a member base. It's like I have channels I'm uploading to that could get a lot more content and a lot more relevant content if I wasn't streaming for six hours a day. So 
you're going to make me start to feel a certain kind of way when I'm looking at a channel in six or seven months and it's upload and it's generating more money. Where am I going to focus my attention? I'm not going to be throwing six hours away, like begging people to join. I'm like, all right, y'all get one talk show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I absolutely hate thinking that way. But at the end of the day, that's the reality is I only have so many hours in a day. And Creatures always said it. Don't be surprised if something goes away when it's not supported. You know? You like tuning in every day and listening. It's your morning radio show. That, you know, you like listening for six hours instead of three. Well, I, yeah. These are the realities I face as a live streamer. It's a lot of time. A lot of productivity time that we're not utilizing to be live. And... The honest to goodness truth is, I love being live. I don't, I'm not an uploader. And in my heart of hearts, I am not an uploader. I love being live. I love hanging out with people and discussing. I have a very strong desire to figure this out and to just keep cranking out live content because it's my favorite kind of content. Close chat, see perks, change level, choose level, four clicks, says Eugene. If the app doesn't show you, then something's wrong with your app. Speaking on Android only. Yeah, Eugene's saying you should be able, uh, you should be able to just change the, but you just literally close chat, and as a member, right underneath my video, it should say see perks, and you just go there to upgrade to a full membership. Speaking of which, we need to go, uh, we need to go to our members only break. We we do a break now. It's like lunch with Lono. It's a it's like a midday break where I get a chance just to relax, eat some lunch before we continue to the next stream. One of the channels I joined had a video series that was members only. It was behind the scenes vlog style series. It was only once a month, but it definitely worked for people to join. I had been considering doing something like that on the weekends. Like, hey, you know, you guys get like a behind the scenes glimpse at what's going on in my life and, you know, more personal style content. And we just haven't done it because we always felt like my appeal is live. My appeal is not upload, but maybe you're right maybe we need to have more of an inside track like peek behind the curtain kind of a thing you know yeah I'll be playing God of War after lunch we'll be going to Vanaheim so anybody worried about spoilers don't watch this afternoon if you're not further than me I will be going to Vanaheim for the first time in the game that's not a spoiler you know that we're going to all nine realms from all of the announcements the link in chat is where we are heading we are heading to members only it's our midday break and then our second show will be God of War Ragnarok gameplay. Thanks so much for clicking on this. If you are a member, we do a midday break now. I get to kind of chill, relax, eat lunch before we go to our second show of the day. As a reminder, you need to go to your perks or your channel membership tier level on mobile. You click your icon up in the corner and you go to uh, payments and memberships and upgrade to base level membership. It's $6 instead of 5 If you're on browser, you just need to go to the membership page on my channel and switch by going into perks. We need everybody to do that before December, and we are considering 
restructuring members only perks because we would like to see more people convert uh, and more people become members because we're seeing that sort of drop off and we're brainstorming if you've got ideas about members only content leave a comment below I'm going to end the previous stream where we talked about Hogwarts Legacy and bring everybody over who is uh, a member